Salutations! Welcome to Pod Mortem. I'm Travis Hunter, joined as always by my co-host, my sister, and my brother-in-law. Hi, I'm Renee Hunter Vasquez. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. This week, we're broadcasting live from Haddonfield Memorial Hospital, discussing the 1981 slasher sequel, Halloween 2. This film was directed by Rick Rosenthal off a screenplay by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. Following the massive success of the 1978 horror classic Halloween, Carpenter and Hill pinned the sequel as a conclusion to the Michael Myers and Laurie Strode story. After Carpenter refused to reprise his role as director, he handpicked Rosenthal to do the honors. Although the film incorporates more graphic violence to compete with its slasher contemporaries, Halloween 2 maintains much of Carpenter's style, with most of the cast and crew returning for another outing. On a production budget of almost eight times the original, the film proved to be a financial success, and despite mixed reviews from critics, is widely considered one of the better sequels in the franchise. This film won a poll over on Twitter to determine which sequels we would continue next. Be sure to follow us at the Podmortem to participate and stay up to date. So, Halloween 2. What were your first impressions on the film? I just want to say right now uh-huh. that I really enjoyed this movie. I'm glad to hear I it. Think, Me too. I think I might have enjoyed this just a little more than the first one. I... There is some, thing, <laughs> well, there is some things that, that are very wrong, but <laughs> I feel like... Very wrong. And it sucks saying it because I know they had to compete with other slashers or whatever, mm-hmm. but I enjoy this being a slasher movie. Hmm. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just straight slasher. And I, I like it. <laughs> I, I'm glad that you like it. I'm surprised that you enjoy it more. But knowing you, I shouldn't be surprised. No, I was going to say, if you really think about it, it, it is makes very perfect on brand. sense. Well, like, it's super on brand for you to prefer this. I, I enjoyed it. I'm g- <laughs> well, um, I remember watching this when we were kids. Mm-hmm. We didn't watch it as much as the first one. At least I don't remember watching it as much as the first one. But I remember it. And um, especially one scene that you always laugh at. Oh, yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I like it. It's it's a great slasher film. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know that it necessarily upholds Michael Myers the way that he was portrayed in the first one. No. And there's a little they tried to M. Night Shyamalan. I I really didn't appreciate that. (laughs) Right. Um, (laughs) I didn't say everything. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's my main beef with this film. And obviously we'll get to it when we get to right. it. But overall, I like it. It's not like there are some sequels that it's like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But I can tell because I, I read that John Carpenter, like he had to force himself basically to write it. I'm mm-hmm. sure you have more information on that, but that he was just drinking and just trying to get it done. Mm-hmm. Damn. Basically, Yeah. And I feel like when you put someone under that constraint, you can always feel it. Yeah. Fair. And holding up these films side by side because, and not to spoil anything, but it picks up right the fuck oh, where the yeah. first one leaves uh-huh. off. You feel it. You feel that he, he's like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. <laughs> that was a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I like it. <laughs> All that I, to say, I, I like. I like it. I don't love it. I uh, like it. I, I like it as well. I mean, my Halloween tradition. I always watch John Carpenter's Halloween followed by Halloween Two mm-hmm. mm-hmm. because of the way that it picks up. It's just the perfect yeah. double feature. No, it, it flows right in. There's yeah. it. There's I can't. I struggle to think of a better double feature uh, original film to sequel back to back. Yeah, Insidious Two is pretty great. That's pretty damn yeah. good. Yeah, and they might have gotten that Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I, I've always liked it. I think doing that, watching it that way, may have clouded some of its flaws for me. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, oh, it's the same fucking night. That's fine. Yeah. No, yeah, we're just continuing. Yeah, but I think that the the difficulty is I love Halloween beyond measure. Yeah. Depending on the day you ask me, it's my favorite horror film mm. or my favorite film ever made. Right. And so a sequel needs to kind of do, I mean, with what he had. Mm-hmm. And what they went through, and I will explain in a minute, Mm -hmm. I think Rick Rosenthal did a pretty commendable job. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really hard to live up to one of the best horror movies of all time. Of course. And then, like, you were just saying, John Paul, about them having to compete. Yeah. Like, how fucked up is that, that we started this? Y'all copied us, and yeah, now we have to no. compete with what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, and it's how it's, fucking crazy is that? Yeah. I would be so pissed off. I, I yeah, I mean, we talked. To, we <laughs> I just, made you, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just talked about um, Friday the Thirteenth and how they were oh, like yeah. basically tracing fucking Halloween, yeah. and to be like, oh, it has to be. You know, we have to match that level of of violence or, mm-hmm. or you know whatever it's like no you don't though nah. like you don't though they were copying their homework and yeah. yeah and then now let me get yours now to john carpenter yeah. has an assignment too <laughs> <laughs> it's like what but the crazy thing like you had hinted at with uh him kind of having to force himself to write this mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. carpenter and hill did not want to do this yeah they basically depending on the sources there was one that said they continued on with this production in order to allow for their creative input to be heard Mm -hmm. because whether or not they were involved, they were going to make more Halloween movies. Right. And so it's either we make it with you or make it without you. I mean, if that's what it is, I would, I would prefer to be involved because you know, they're just going to fuck it up. Exactly. Yep. And so the thing is, is that even after the massive success of Halloween, John Carpenter, at least I'm not sure about Deborah Hill did not make a lot of money off of Halloween. And so it's 1981 and he's like, you know, maybe this is how I get what I'm owed. Mm -hmm. And so he was going to make The Fog in 1980. Yeah. And Yoblins, the producer of the original Halloween, he was supposed to produce The Fog. Mm -hmm. And so if you if you believe his story, because I never heard anybody else's side, (laughs) Yoblin said that he told a producer at Embassy about the fog and john carpenter Mm -hmm. and then a week later in the trades he reads that that guy is producing the fog for john carpenter i don't know how you can just do that i personally don't i don't know that i believe that story (laughs) but he said so i had no choice but to sue embassy and john carpenter and i'm like "Mm, and so the conditions of the lawsuit were that embassy could make the fog with john carpenter on the condition that john carpenter returned with deborah hill to write halloween 2 yeah Oh, wow. But he's like, I'm not going to direct it because he doesn't. The thing was, he didn't want to repeat himself. Right. <laughs> he's like, I'll go, but I'm going to complain. <laughs> about yeah. It. <laughs> but I'm not going to talk. <laughs> but I, I I, mean, it's it's kind of when it's born out of that, you can kind of tell that this is almost like a hired situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like this is for me about getting what I'm owed and trying my best to respect where this character, you know, this idea came from. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, I, in my mind, have made a perfect film. If it's up to me, we're not doing any more. Well, yeah, because they right. wanted that to be the end. That yeah. was that was it. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if they never made another Halloween again? No. Uh, hmm. 
That'd be yeah. nuts. <laughs> and Tommy Lee Wallace, who was originally attached to direct this film, mm-hmm. he had said that this is coming from a time, you know, when you think of a slasher, you think of like 10 sequels. Right. It yeah. wasn't like that yet. Yeah. And so the idea of Halloween 2 was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so he actually dropped out as a director. I saw in this Shout Factory documentary because he got the script and fucking hated it. Wow. Damn. Yeah. He said that it was doing what everyone else was doing instead of continuing Halloween properly. Yeah. But I mean, where's the lie? I mean, I can't. Yeah. (laughs) I'm searching for the lie and I can't find it. But no, I mean, this is a good movie and we'll dive in. But uh, I got some worries. (laughs) (laughs) Now, before we stalk this film through the halls, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, let's light it up. Now, this film relies heavily on having already seen Halloween. If you haven't, we'd recommend you go watch it or listen to episode 31 of our show as a refresher. So the film opens to the sound of Mr. Sandman by the Cordettes, along with on-screen text reading, Haddonfield, Illinois... October 31st, 1978. So this song has become synonymous with this series. Mm-hmm. I, for some reason, always assume that it was in the first film. I think it's all those goddamn double features. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you, you ruined yourself. I did. Yeah. It does not show up until yeah, this film. It's, I feel like this was a very clever song choice. Yes, and I, definitely. I, I love the song already. Oh, yeah. So I was like, all right. I saw people criticize it and they're like, this has no thematic uh, relevance in this film. I'm like, are you kidding kidding me? Yeah, Yeah, no, I totally disagree. And it's a great song until he starts answering and then it gets scary. Dude, what? (laughs) I was listening to the credits when they play it again and he's like, yes. I'm like, no. Turn it off. (laughs) It's scarier than the film I just watched. But we get a shot of the trees swaying in the autumn breeze as the camera dips down to reveal the Doyle house on Halloween night. We're taken inside to see Laurie Strode, played by Jamie Lee Curtis, seated on the floor with Tommy Doyle and Lindsay Wallace, played by Brian Andrews and Kyle Richards, respectively. In a shaky voice, having already been through quite a bit of hell, Laurie tells the kids that they need to leave the house, get down the street to the McKenzie's, and tell them to call the police. She tells them to do as she says, and they leave the room. Lori leans up against the doorframe in exhaustion, her arm slashed and bleeding. Behind her, we see the shape rise up from the ground, turning his head to face her. We then see the kids bursting from the house, screaming into the night where they are noticed by Dr. Sam Loomis, played by Donald Pleasance, who makes his way towards the front door of the house. Inside the house, Lori stands only for the shape to respond in kind, slowly making his way toward her from behind. As she slinks into the hall, he grabs her and they begin to tussle. In the struggle, Lori peels off his mask just as Loomis reaches the top of the staircase. After confirming that he is, in fact, Michael Myers, Loomis fires at him and he falls back into the bedroom. Now, the mask, he was like, oh, he let her go. Oh, he did. And he was like, no, 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 no. He's embarrassed. He's like, I don't want her to. What about secret identity, man? (laughs) Jesus Christ. It's just rude. Yeah. I was like, damn, he... (laughs) He was serious. <laughs> it's like, God, you know, it's priorities. Right. He's like, come on. You had to pull the mask. That's just, that's a low blow. Yeah. Kick me in the nuts next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Loomis rushes to the door frame and we see the silhouette of the shape standing in front of the window. In the original film, we have that very awesome heavy breathing. Mm-hmm. 
it's not here. Mm-mm. I thought that was very strange. But Loomis fires five more shots, and from the outside of the house, we see the shape stumble back onto a high balcony, falling flat onto the lawn below. Lori uncovers her ears and in tears tells Loomis, it was the boogeyman, to which he responds, as a matter of fact, it was. So all of this is archival footage from the first film. Yeah. Right. I like that though. Like even on like TV shows oh, yeah. where they're like, it's a season premiere and you're like, oh, I, I saw this shit last <laughs> <laughs> Like I, I love it. It's like, no, we're jumping right yeah. back in. Yeah. I think personally it was the smartest choice because you're already set in this mood mm-hmm. knowing everything about the first film, yeah. knowing how it ended and just picking up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I read the original plan. John Carpenter's first idea was to set it like three years after the events. Right. And Lori's living in an apartment and like Michael Myers tries to get her at a high rise or some shit. Yeah. And she's working at a magazine and like she tries to find time for love. (laughs) Yeah. But it was a romantic comedy. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And Matthew McConaughey was Michael Myers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I, I think this is one of the most successful things in the film. I did notice that it was scored differently. Yeah. I thought it was a little odd. Credit goes to John Carpenter and Alan Howarth, who I guess worked with Carpenter on Escape from New York and also worked with him on films, I think, Christine. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. So they have like a working relationship. I saw on a featurette that dude literally had Carpenter's score Mm -hmm. and just overdubbed on top of it. (laughs) I... I, uh the score tears it up in this movie. Yeah, it does. They play it like in several different ways. <laughs> it's just like remixes of the yeah. theme. Well, they're like, mm, how about a little, you know, we, yeah. got, we know what works, but, got a let, variety. but make yeah. it synthesized. Yeah. It's like, well, what? Now, I will it admit, all works, though. It, it does work, but <laughs> I, I love the original tune the most. I yeah. can't. I, and I do enjoy 80 synth. You know what it is? <laughs> The original, <laughs> the original theme to me had like a like a eerie timelessness to right. it. This is from the eighties. So, well, oh, for sure, it's from the eighties. All I think about is the memes of Michael Myers dancing uh, or when he's in the hammock. <laughs> well, the one I hear when he's oh, doing that, that's what he's listening. Yeah. To. I mean, he added a beat to it too. He did. <laughs> it's it's a lot. I no, do like it though. It's not bad. <laughs> it tears it up, but you just want to start yeah. dancing. Mm-hmm. It's my um, theme song on my Animal Crossing Island. Is it really? Yeah, oh yeah. It sounds cute <laughs> though. It makes me think of that Chappelle bit when he's like, I don't want to dance. I'm scared to death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but with the first footage of the new film, Loomis rushes outside to find nothing on the ground but dead grass in the shape of a man where Michael crash landed. <laughs> yeah, it's his full imprint. It that is. Made me laugh. Yeah. I bet it's even like fingers and everything. <laughs> it's like a grass angel. He hit like... with a <laughs> grass angel. But Loomis steps out onto the lawn, feeling the ground in confusion, and pulls back a hand covered in blood. The music grows tense, as you said, it's fucking working it. Yeah. It is. And a neighbor turns on his porch light in the background. The neighbor comes out asking what's going on. Loomis approaches him, telling him to call the police and tell the sheriff that he shot him. The guy is like, who? Sir. Yeah. I'm (laughs) running back to my house. This dude is casually belting up his robe. Uh What? Who? It's like, like, dude, you just woke me up. Get your fucking ass inside. (laughs) But Loomis proclaims... He's still on the loose. And the man asks if it's a joke because he's been (laughs) trick-or-treated to death tonight. And Loomis responds, you don't know what death is. And then just flips a 180 and literally runs away. It's so funny because as he does, or when he says that, the music kicks in and it fucking takes off. But he runs for like five minutes. Yeah. (laughs) 
He has a flair for the dramatic. I respect yeah. that. It's more than a flair, I and would say. Another thing is I love that the neighbor has no idea what to tell the police. He's like, some guy in a coat said he shot yeah. someone. I shot him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as we said, a very synth-heavy version of the Halloween theme begins to play, accompanying the opening credits. Similarly to the first film, we zoom in on the face of a jack-o'-lantern, only this time, the pumpkin splits open to reveal a skull in the flickering light. Thought it looked pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We talked about this a little bit off mic, but I do want to commend that seamless transition between the old film to the new one. Mm-hmm. And I think it has a lot to do with Dean Cundy coming back as a cinematographer. Yeah. Because yeah. this looks like Halloween. It does. It does. And it throughout. Yeah. I, I noticed that watching it. I was like, damn. I was like, this movie looks good. <laughs> yeah. Like, and there are some very interesting shots we'll probably call out later. Right. One thing that's very interesting on that featurette that I watched, Dean Cundy said that he was actually supposed to be the cinematographer for Poltergeist. Right. And then he had to drop out out of loyalty to Carpenter and Hill. Wow. That's good shit. Yeah. I, his agent told him, because he's like, hey, I, I booked Poltergeist with Steven Spielberg. And he's like, oh, what about Halloween 2? And he's like, what's Halloween 2? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, you can play with your friends later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I respect, uh, I guess, technically doing the honorable yeah. thing. Yeah. Good man. But after the credits, we're treated to POV shots from the perspective of Michael Myers roaming the alleys of the neighborhood through heavy breathing, which is the standard. His poor lungs. I, That's all I can think. He's an asthmatic. I don't... <laughs> something wrong. But he spies some children trick-or-treating as well as a dog who barks loudly at him. That dog scared the shit out of me. And Did it really? Yeah. I like jumped. And is the dog like, you ain't my brother. Yeah. You ain't my brother. <laughs> They, I'm, the dog's lucky that Michael's not hungry. Gonna, yeah, because he just he that. just walks away. Yeah. He's like, look, you know, I, I, I had a snack oh yeah. at my house earlier. <laughs> it's been a long night. But we hear police sirens off in the distance, and we see a car pull up at the end of the alley. Lights blasting. Michael then sees Loomis approach the car, and he dips behind a house. <laughs> He's like, that's the motherfucker. This yeah. <laughs> But Loomis screams the iconic line, I shot him six times. <laughs> <laughs> Sheriff Lee Brackett, played by Charles Cyphers, is like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> Loomis repeats himself, saying he shot him in the heart. Brackett says he couldn't have gotten far. So Loomis gets in the car shouting again that he shot him six <laughs> times. And Brackett says, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> he has said that already. Well, he did. He said it and then closed the door. I was like, yeah, why? Like, God damn. He wasn't well, done. I guess if I shot someone six times, I'd be kind of shaken oh, too. Yeah, and- I love everything about Dr. Loomis yeah. and I just live for his chaotic energy because oh, he yeah. has no chill. Like no. he's at fucking a hundred <laughs> all the, the time. The entire film. Yeah. I was like, did Rick Rosenthal? He's like, look now we all enjoyed what you did in the first film, but we're going to need right, you at a 10. Yeah. Okay. But it makes me laugh every time before he gets into the car, Loomis goes, he's not human. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, listen, <laughs> <laughs> let's but be clear as much as i love loomis i'm like dude see this is the stuff you should be trying to get away from yeah. this is why no one believes you man <laughs> learn from your mistakes <laughs> but michael watches the car pull away he walks past the house noticing a jack-o'-lantern in the window as he approaches we see mrs elrod played by lucille benson making her husband harold a sandwich 
she does call out to him. She's like, you want mayo? Yeah. You want mustard? I'm like, have you never made it? <laughs> Has your husband never eaten That's a sandwich true. in your presence? Yeah. That's true. But after getting no response from him, she heads into the living room to find him fast asleep as Night of the Living Dead plays on the television. As we've discussed numerous times on this show, for free. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Because of those rights issues. Episode 17 of Podmortem, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> But in a POV shot, we follow Michael as he makes his way inside. The news interrupts the film as the reporter stands outside of the Wallace house reporting on the discovery of the bodies of Annie Brackett, Linda Vanderklok, and, well, like, uh, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> didn't really get the... They don't say their names, but we all saw the first film. Yeah. Right. He also tells of Michael's escape from Smith's Grove Sanitarium the night before. We watch as Michael, dripping blood grabs the knife from the cutting board that Mrs. Elrod was using to cut the ham. Behind Mrs. Elrod, we see the shape in all his glory, knife in hand, slipping out of the house. He was in and out like a demon hey. whisper. <laughs> he dipped after he seeing did. the news. Yeah. He was like, no, nope. oh, oh, they're shit. Me. <laughs> right. Oh, shit, that's me. He's like, I better do this quick because yeah. they're on my case. But the television, of course, then returns to the horror classic. I do want to say in this film... The shape is played by a guy called Dick Warlock. Mm -hmm. And yes, laugh at his name if you must. No, uh, I, I think I think he's great. There's a lot of uh, very strange things about him being Michael Myers. The first thing of which is that he is shorter than Nick Castle. Yeah. And so they said, as you can see, when yeah. we see him close up, the mask does fit differently. Yeah. yeah. I read, though, that the mask, because it not only fits differently, it looks different. Yeah. Like, I read that in the first film. It's the exact same mask yeah, in the yeah. first mm -hmm. movie. Uh, Nick Castle kept it in his pocket. And so <laughs> it got, like, folded and wrinkled. Uh -huh. And then Deborah Hill kept it under her bed after they finished wrapping. And finished rapping after yeah. they wrapped the film after their rap battle <laughs> <laughs> i didn't see and that scene yeah <laughs> it was deleted oh, okay. um, and she's such a heavy smoker right. that it yellowed the mask oh, oh shit. So it's the exact same mask but like dude smaller it's yeah. all fucking folded and wrinkled and mm -hmm. it's yellow so. okay I, I thought that too because i was like damn he doesn't look that big i was like is that no. the same guy he yeah. was wearing oh, well. lifts though yeah yeah, but and even like yeah, yeah. you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> On that featurette, he said that he got the part of Michael Myers because he had a meeting with Rick Rosenthal. And when he went to meet him, the mask and like something else were just sitting on a chair. Mm -hmm. And so he pops the mask on and he walks into the office and he just stares at Rick Rosenthal and he's like, who are you? <laughs> Whatever you want. Yeah. And then he does the tilt and then Rick Rosenthal's like, who are you? And yeah. he takes off the mask. He's like, it's me. <laughs> but then they have I'm your new yeah. exactly. He said they had their meeting and then after the meeting, he's still holding the mask and he's like, what if I do, what if I play this guy? And they're like, yeah, sure. Ask Deborah if she's fine with that. It's fine. That's how he got to be <laughs> like, Michael Myers. He did the equivalent of walking in a place and taking the help wanted sign off the door. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's fucking you brilliant. don't need this anymore. Yeah. I did see, according to Wikipedia, Dick Warlock was Kurt Russell's personal stunt double for over 25 <gasps> years. Hey. Oh, shit. And I was like, is Stuntman Mike kind of based oh, on him? Oh, shit. And we love Kurt Russell. Yeah. We do love Kurt Russell. But... Mrs. Elrod returns to the kitchen, reaching blindly for her knife, only to dip her fingers into Michael's blood. There's also uh, blood on the sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Harold. I was, just, <laughs> I was like, did he touch the sandwich? Yeah. He's like, because it was no, on the hand. No, wait, right. I saw a dog outside. I, I don't need a hand. Is this dog meat? Yeah. Oh, it's just ham? Oh, never, never mind. mind. Never mind. 
<laughs> not really into deli foods. <laughs> <laughs> but naturally, Mrs. Elrod screams. Well, I mean, that's terrifying. Oh, I was yeah. I was about to say that's scarier than if he actually attacked them, but no. no? Yeah, no. They get to talk <laughs> about it. <laughs> but that's still really scary. He was standing right, like, you yeah. know, you turned your back for fucking 30 seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's terrifying. Well, the town of Haddonfield, they need to not leave their doors Tighten unlocked. Yeah. yeah. Especially with, I mean, they have a history. 15 years ago. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, and that's not even far enough away for us to have forgotten about no. it. <laughs> like, if something happened 15 years ago, I could tell you about yeah. it. Yeah. I also was laughing because at this point on the TV, she's like, you're ignorant. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember us laughing about that. It's a great line. He was it ignorant. He, yeah. he was quite was very ignorant. ignorant. Yes. Johnny, but come on. So, so was she. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Episode 17. Oh, my yeah. God. I had problems. <laughs> But we watch as Michael continues on to the house next door. He watches as Alice, played by Anne Bruner, rushes out, screaming in concern for the Elrods, who she just heard fucking Mrs. Elrod screech. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But when Alice gets no reply, she heads back inside, and the shape watches her through the window as she gets back on the phone with her friend. She explains that she heard the scream, but says Mrs. Elrod is always on Mr. Elrod's case, so he probably decided to start (laughs) beating her. The conclusion. Yeah. And, and the fact and that like, she has fine. no issue with it. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? It's like, damn, Alice. Yeah. But she tells her friend that her parents are gone and that she's home alone. Her friend is like, uh, have you seen the news? Yeah. yeah. I do want to point out, because I think this might be the last time we hear her voice. The friend is played by Nancy Loomis. Yeah. Who played Annie Brackett in the first film. Yeah. Oh, all right. But Alice switches on the radio and a woman tells of three teens who were killed in Northwest Haddonfield. Alice gets back on the phone to get more info from her friend when she really could just listen to the radio. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were telling you everything. But behind her, we see the shape open the front door and let himself inside. Alice learns that the murders happen right down the street from her, and she can even hear the police sirens. I guess we her friend still is talking. Yeah. <laughs> so I was wrong. I was wrong. But her friend shares the news <laughs> that the guy got away, and suddenly Alice isn't so stoked to be home alone. She hears a noise and whips around to find that the front door is wide open. Instead of dipping out the side hatch. Yep. That she just came yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would do. I would take the phone with me and just wait outside the house in the alley. Yeah. Right. But she's like, who is it? And then use that phone to call the police. Yeah. Especially when you just heard screaming next door. And can we talk yeah. about how who is it is the worst question to ask right now? <laughs> yeah. They're not at the door. <laughs> Right, and she just told us that nobody's going to help her because her parents are gone. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, we heard you fucked. say that. Yeah, mm. but she inches her way to the door, and the shape just jumps out of the shadows, <laughs> seizing her and slicing her throat in a quick jerk, blood spattering onto her face. It's the jump up for yeah. me. Like, like, where did you come where from? Were you? Yeah, where were you? <laughs> where <laughs> are you behind the couch? Like what? <laughs> I this scene always scared the shit out of me as a kid. <laughs> I think it's the way it's it's so he abrupt. cuts her throat. Yeah. Yeah. It's the fastest throat cut. It is. That's got to be a world record. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody call Guinness. Yeah. It's honestly, it's pretty tame because you don't even like mm-hmm. see it happen. You just no. see the blood after. Yeah. I will say now, while it's not, of course, as violent as Friday the 13th. No, it's not. It's definitely, this is where we start to trend in that direction mm-hmm. when compared to Carpenter's Halloween. Right. Yeah. One thing that is very interesting, though, is this is one of many scenes that John Carpenter shot in reshoots himself. The thing that's very surprising to me about it is a lot of the gorier situations, mm-hmm. the more close-ups, etc., right. were shot by Carpenter. 
They weren't uh-huh. Rick Rosenthal. He in his mind was trying to emulate Halloween. Right. Yeah. But then Carpenter, I guess, kind of was like, look, we got to keep He's up. He's like, did yeah. you see Friday wow. the 13th? Yeah. <laughs> and a kid got an arrow in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> but how insulting would that be? I don't want to direct this. You direct it. Oh my yeah. God, move over. I'll do it yeah. myself. Well, <laughs> the thing is... Uh, I think Rick Rosenthal took it in stride because in an interview, he's like, look, you know, you have to understand the difference between being a writer director, like an auteur director and kind of being a hired gun. Right. I mean, I guess. He's like, I was pulled between John Carpenter, Deborah Hill, Yoblins, Dino De Laurentiis. He's like, I was just there. I just wanted to do a good job. I I feel like that's kind of an impossible job. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like this was john carpenter and deborah hill's baby and they're like being forced to try to recreate it while still having a hand in it but while also taking a step back but while you have the reins but no let me have the reins too it's it's impossible yeah he said there were scenes that he shot that he knew john carpenter and deborah hill loved but dino de laurentis would hate but then he had to fight for them to dino but then Dino's changes had to go back to the Carpenter oh Hill. My God. Like, it's fucking like I do not envy this man. Damn. Not at all. I do not I envy felt, him. I felt bad for Dick Warlock as uh-huh. well because I read that I guess Deborah Hill was on set for a lot of his stuff. Yeah. And he kept like asking if everything was good. Is this yeah. okay? Obviously he wasn't in the first one. Right, right. And so uh after after everything she was like oh he didn't even have the walk right like he it wasn't it wasn't like nick castle <laughs> yeah. at all and he was like you could you were there yeah. like you could have said something that's, i feel like that's <laughs> very hurtful oh, i feel like they probably weren't gonna like this movie no matter what yeah. because it wasn't born of them it was forced upon them yeah. mm-hmm. and so i i feel fucking bad for for that's, both of them uh, honestly that's that's a shame yeah and then have to go back and be like well you know and there's nothing you can do about it now yeah. no <laughs> like, it's like we can't reshoot it everyone's no. seen it yeah. <laughs> one thing i did want to point out before we press on to the next scene is in the first film, you know, you kind of have to be told that it's a William Shatner mask with yeah. spray painted white. Yeah. In the close up, when he cuts her throat, it looks like Bill Shatner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell. You can straight up tell. <laughs> but police cars and ambulances arrive outside the Doyle house. We follow a couple of officers to the front door, and once they reach it, we see Lori Strode being carried out on a stretcher as Lori's theme from Halloween begins to play. First of all, great score. Yes. Because yeah. this, I think, was just the same score used again. No synth. I don't know, man. Maybe I'm remembering <laughs> it wrong. Maybe my heart was playing the song and I just... <laughs> <laughs> but first of all, love seeing her back. Oh, yeah. You know? I love seeing her back. I don't love seeing the wig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, gonna, yeah, that we was We need rough. to talk about it so, right up front. One thing we know is that wig science had not peaked in 1981 <laughs> man i Clearly. i was i was kind of like i was yeah. like what the fuck what is that the yeah fuck? i was like oh she's wearing a wig <laughs> like is this a stage play yeah. <laughs> they won't be able to tell from that far yeah. away <laughs> <laughs> she's clearly she's clearly wearing a wig yeah. and i feel like once like we see her better as it goes on it's like Come man, on, man y'all didn't even try no it's mm. <laughs> But we follow two EMTs. The first, Jimmy, played by Lance Guest, and the second, Bud, played by Leo Rossi, as they load Lori onto the ambulance. Jimmy hops in the back with her, telling her everything is going to be okay as Bud gets into the driver's seat. Lori begs them not to put her to sleep, and we see the ambulance pull away, with Bud asking Jimmy if he knows her. 
Jimmy says he does and that Lori goes to school with his little brother Ziggy and Bud's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> like you asked. Yeah. Don't fucking no. ask me then. No, but then isn't he like, oh, her dad's the realtor? Yeah. yeah. It was funny to me because uh, he's like, yeah. And it was like, oh, I guess we better actually save her then. It's yeah. like, why does that matter right yeah, this now? This is just a kid. Right? We would yeah. we would leave I her thought, on the side of the street. I thought that too. I was like, why does that matter? It's weird. But in the next scene, we're at Haddonfield Memorial Hospital. We see a mother parking her car and rushing to the passenger side where her son steps out, holding a bloody towel to his face. She walks him to the entrance, but he drops the towel. We get a look at his face, and we see a razor blade sticking out of his mouth as blood pours out. She tells him to walk really slow and puts the towel back on his face. Don't put the fucking oh, parking lot towel back on his face. It was the 80s. No. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm sorry, it was 1978. Right. It's the same night. Yeah. 1978. It's the same night. The, and, I mean, infections still existed in 1978. Nah, no, not and, um, hey, everybody knows germs were invented in yeah. 1995. Listen, no, judging on what we see in this hospital, you take care of him outside because <laughs> he's not going to get any help in there. Uh, not so much. But, <laughs> I was trying to figure out like how the fuck he was eating the candy or apple for yeah. this to happen. Because if, if you want to hide now, don't listen to me. Are you speaking this from is, experience? No, this is speculation. Uh-huh. If you were to hide a razor blade and say like a fun-sized Milky Way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you would have to slide it into the side because otherwise it would be sticking out and nobody worth their salt would take a bite out of it. Yeah. Right? Hello, police? Yeah, I don't they, know. <laughs> God damn it. I've never tampered with candy, but all I'm saying is that if you're going to tamper with candy, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Do it right. No, I I will say, though, because even though it logistically doesn't make sense, yeah. the idea of Cute having little, done like, it. Yeah. Check your candy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it's I think it's a smart idea. But I did. Of course, I have this weird thing that if I see something in a movie, I like think about it or imagine it and feel it and think yeah. of what it would feel like. This is the one of the worst feelings. Oh, oh yeah. In the history of horror films. Yeah. Oh, is yeah, that too much? Not, yeah, it's okay. too much. <laughs> That's like me. Wow, him taking the knife is leaving is worse than him killing them. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. Why this are is, we all hyperbolic this- today? <laughs> <laughs> like we got it. We got Let's that. Let's calm down. We got that Dr. Loomis energy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but another thing I did see in that Shout Factory featurette is that this hospital was very difficult to film in. It was not in use. But it was in Pasadena near an airport. Oh, oh shit. Wow. And whenever the person told the production designer about that, they're like, oh, you hear all those planes? This is this is it at its worst. Yeah. That's a lie. It was a lie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was a lie. They found out that oh, that was that at its man. best. Damn. <laughs> and so they had to stop so often for the planes. What a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the... Nope, there I go again, yeah. Dr. Lewis. Gonna, yeah. That's, the, That's worst the worst thing, thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing worse has ever happened on a movie set. <laughs> they heard six planes. <laughs> six. <laughs> but we watch as the ambulance pulls into the parking lot, lights flashing and sirens blaring. After they park, we get a very tight shot of the headlight for some reason. Yeah. It's <laughs> like so that doesn't come up again. But Bud hops out to open the back doors. He and Jimmy set Lori down and wheel her into HMH. I'm going to start calling it that. There's a logo that is very cool for the hospital. Mm-hmm. All I thought of was HHM. I know you did. Yeah. <laughs> better call That Saul. might be why I was so in love with using that. But <laughs> I was like, is Howard in there? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> but um, the radio later calls it Haddonfield Memorial Clinic. Yes, I noticed yeah. that too. It's like, then why, don't make that logo then. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that as well. But at the front desk, the mother and her razor-mouthed son... <laughs> 
plead with Nurse Jill Franco, played by Tawny Moyer, to see a doctor. Yeah, I didn't understand. I was like, he's got a fucking razor in his he's mouth. Bleeding. He's bleeding. Yeah. Literally yeah. bleeding yeah. from and his face. He's a kid. What do you Can mean? Can we move to the top of the yeah. list? Go fill out these She's forms. like, yeah, can <laughs> we just have a seat, please? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, she should have let them in first. That's yeah. number one. But she does tell them that the doctor is busy, which I'm like, all right, you know. Put him in a room. Please. <laughs> well, she does. Uh, unfortunately, being a nurse can't be easy. <laughs> no, well, no. <laughs> it's not. And even though she starts out a little, you know, whatever, yeah. she does tell the mom and Bleeding Gums Murphy to wait in room, <laughs> <laughs> to wait in room A and they oblige. <laughs> but just then, the boys wheel Lori in with Bud asking where Dr. Mixter is. Jill says he's probably drunk at a country club party and the EMTs just kind of shrug it off. Bud recounts Lori's injuries. He says she's been stabbed on the left anterior chest, possibly penetrating, multiple contusions, broken ankle, but then Jill recognizes her as Lori Strode. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to say, I don't, I know that she was stabbed in the arm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how you recount injuries if the arm just means the chest, but she was not stabbed in the chest. I didn't, no. I didn't think so. <laughs> she wasn't. I was wondering. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds more dramatic. Yeah. It does. He's I like, should have I should have asked dad. Is that how you say that? Uh, With well, all his medical knowledge. Yeah, he would have he would have gotten mad if it was yeah. It's like <laughs> did they no, did they say that? Yes. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> but this is when Dr. Frederick Mixter, played by Ford Rainey, walks in. Jill was not joking because he's either freshly sautéed yes. or <laughs> or just flat hung over and he comes in asking for more coffee which again is not a good sign. Yeah. No. He's like please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh doctor mixed drink more like examines her and shoots her up with something. He then says they might have to put her out. And again, I don't know what the protocol is, but he looked at her arm for two seconds and then shot her up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I had the same issue. I'm, I'm not like, a doctor. You, well, hold on. Yeah, yes. <laughs> One second. <laughs> I know he asked her the last time she had her tetanus shot, Yeah. but he shot her up and then asked her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it couldn't have been that. I don't know. Was it morphine? Fucking heroin? I don't know. Who knows? Well, and if she's from there, wouldn't they? I mean, I don't know. Wouldn't they maybe have some kind of medical record or something? Yeah, I mean, they identified her on site. <laughs> right. There is one doctor on duty, even though he's drunk. Uh -huh. <laughs> I mean, well, then this is their only hospital. Yeah. That's what I'm, this is small town yeah. vibes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know either, man. <laughs> There's no excuse. But Lori protests against it, begging not to be put to sleep. But she watches as Jill readies a syringe for Dr. Mixter and he shoots her up again. In the waiting room. Yeah, yeah. dude. <laughs> the mother and her son are like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should go somewhere. Yeah. Are there any other clinics here? But back in the neighborhood, Loomis and Brackett patrol together in a police car with Brackett shining his flashlight out to hopefully spot Michael through the window. Loomis frantically barks orders, <laughs> but Brackett has just reached his limit. As Loomis reloads his six shooter, he reminds Brackett that their primary concern is to stop Michael. Brackett puts all the blame on Loomis, saying he let him out. His own goddamn doctor. He didn't, though. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I laugh because he just very quietly goes, I didn't let him out. Yeah. He's like, Don't. Well, I'm not about like, to argue I've, with you, yeah, but that's I've, bullshit. I've been over this and yeah. fucking over this. I did not let him out. But just then, Brackett gets a call on the radio from a deputy who is on the outskirts of town. Brackett tells him to head back and gives him a rendezvous point. 
But when he gets off the radio, Loomis holds his gun pointed in the direction of Brackett, and Brackett is fucking over it. Come on, man. <laughs> He's like, put that away. And Loomis just rolls his eyes. <laughs> he does. Yeah. Fine. What a fucking square, yeah. He's like, man. get over it. They've had a gun pointed in your face? Jesus. <laughs> but this is when Brackett doubts Loomis's story. He says there's no way that he shot Michael six times. Look, that if there's one thing this man is sure of, <laughs> he's sure that he shot him fucking six times. Right. He told you twice. But he sounds nuts. <laughs> he does. He does. But he's like, you must have missed. He's like, no man could take six slugs. And Loomis is now over it. Yeah. <laughs> Change places. He tells him, look, Michael is not a man. Just then, we hear the sound of children's laughter as Loomis peers out the window, shouting to Brackett that he thinks he spotted Michael. Behind the children, we see a man in admittedly a very Michael Myers-like <laughs> outfit <laughs> and also walking suspiciously like the yes. shape. He's in Michael Myers cosplay. Yes, he is. But this is not a fucking popular no. costume. <laughs> well, 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 wait a minute. Well, That's he true. Just, he just picked up that mask at that store that in that true. town. At what store? It at was at the store that Brackett... Why is yeah. your hand on why your hip? Why is your hand on your hip? <laughs> what store? It was at the hardware store. Yeah, he got it there so in So I went to the hardware store to get my Halloween costume. Listen. Well, it's a small town. Maybe We're balling on a budget. Yeah. Okay? It is hey, what it is. Yeah, he also just escaped yeah. from an asylum. <laughs> he's not Same really, li- he's yeah, not really liquid right now. <laughs> <laughs> and this man has work gloves on. He does. Well, he has the fucking... Did he also murder yeah. a mechanic on the way to Haddonfield? <laughs> oh, my God. That's You're the only... Right, that's dude. the only issue the mask i'll forgive yeah the ma- I, I was like well yeah anybody could have picked that same mask up yeah yeah the the, the coveralls the coveralls that's, unforgivable. Yeah, that's a lot <laughs> <laughs> but loomis bursts out of the car saying he doesn't know if it's michael or not and he forces the children out of the way following close behind sheriff bracket holding the gun yes. yeah <laughs> i know and he like shoved we- the kid with the gun no he didn't <laughs> <laughs> We know that he's right. Yes. We know his paranoia, his fear. Mm-hmm. We know that all of that's correct. Mm-hmm. As someone in the film, from the outside looking in, uh-huh. this man is unhinged and needs, oh, yeah. <laughs> needs to be taken somewhere. Well, the thing is, is it's like when your friends had a little too many and you're like, dude, you were my yeah. friend and everything, <laughs> but, but listen, dude, <laughs> you need to calm down. <laughs> you know I love you. Yeah. <laughs> But we see the man in the costume crossing the street as Brackett struggles with Loomis in the street, uh-huh. trying to keep him from firing his gun at the man. <laughs> the man, now we see his his fucking Shatner cut is bleached blonde. Yeah. Yes. He looks right, but a police car comes from the left, <laughs> smashing into him and driving him right into a news van. The two cars and the man explode in a ball of fire. It escalates so fucking quickly. You're you're just sitting there in awe. Yeah. What just happened? It happened so fast and it's so funny because you know that Brackett and Loomis are still struggling in the street. (laughs) First of all, you always look left, right, left. Yes. Man. Um, and I'm not gonna go into detail, but I Dr. Wolfula. Yes. That's all I think. That's all I think about when I see this particular (laughs) thing happen is Dr. Wolfula. And we will, I know we've been hyperbolic already, but we will (laughs) have more on why this is the saddest moment in cinematic history in just a bit. Yeah. I I was 
like you said in awe i was like holy like, shit yeah. I was like, well because again when you think of john carpenter's halloween there's no fucking way that this is yeah, happening no. in that movie <laughs> <laughs> ever you mean there's no explosions no not like that no <laughs> fucking like <laughs> just it's a lot but Loomis and Brackett rush over as the cop driving the car tumbles out, already getting his defense ready, saying, the guy's in the middle of the road. <laughs> yeah. I didn't... You guys all saw Yeah, him. everyone saw. Now, the funny thing is that that officer is played by Dick Warlock. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. He was just mad he was being impersonated. <laughs> and Deborah Hill's like, he didn't even deliver the yeah. line right now. Just kidding. <laughs> I didn't believe he was a cop. <laughs> but... Brackett asks if it was Michael, and as Loomis stares into the burning masked face of the man, he says he doesn't know. Well, there's nothing there. How can you know? There's no discernible feature. But suddenly, another police car pulls up, and Deputy Gary Hunt, played by Hunter Von Leer, gets out in a hurry. He rushes to Brackett, and he tells him that they found three bodies at the Wallace house, and with his heart in his throat, he tells Brackett that one of them was his daughter, Annie. Oh, it's Damn. So and I was thinking that when him and Loomis were driving around and he was having to put yeah. up with Loomis's <laughs> fucking bullshit that he yeah. doesn't even know yet. It's yeah. the no. saddest thing in the world. It's, oh, God. And it gets sadder in a bit. Yeah, it There's does. one moment that is like, oh, shit, they're really getting into this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. we're doing this. Uh-huh. Yeah. But Brackett grabs Hunt in disbelief and they get into his car. Loomis just invites himself into the back seat. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Gun in hand. Yeah. <laughs> and they speed off. <laughs> you just see him running in his trench coat. It's like, yeah. what? You, nobody said that you were coming. Like, no. Nobody was like, come on, Loomis. And it just makes me laugh because, but then again, I swear to God, he's always been at a, in all fairness. <laughs> Because even when Michael escaped, like when they're outside the asylum, he goes, the evil is gone. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, he's always been like this. I guess they just let him really get right. into it. <laughs> Loomis it up, man. Yeah. yeah just, they just let him lose. Yeah. yeah. But we get one more shot of the burning man and the scene ends. Now, I know we talked about it a lot about this not really fitting in with Halloween. No, yeah. Not at all. But it reminded me that the budget was eight times Halloween. So they're like, yeah, blow shit up. Yeah, maybe I was gonna say, maybe he wanted the explosion all along. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but back at the hospital, Bleeding Gums Murphy and his mother <laughs> are walking out to the parking lot. He's all stitched up and she asks if he's okay. She can't understand a word that he says. No. And so she just tells him it'll be okay. Yeah. I, I was like, well, I guess it's good to have a little closure here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the kid is fine. Yeah. He's going to be fine. I was concerned. That yeah. doctor is drunk. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny. I was looking in the background, expecting to see Michael showing up yeah. already or something. Yeah. I was like, oh, I guess this is just about them. Yeah. But the funny thing is, I read that this was intended by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill to be a setup for an anthology. Man. So that it's like, they're like, look, this is the last Michael Myers movie. Yeah. And I know that that was their goal. And that's why Halloween three doesn't yeah. fit yeah. in yeah. anywhere. That, damn it. That's, that's cool. This was going to be the little tie in. Yeah. Uh, all right. But uh, we all know hi history, uh, you know. <laughs> Time makes full Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but back inside the hospital, the staff is watching the news where the reporter we saw earlier is repeating details about the murders and the suspect still being on the loose. Jimmy heads to Lori's room to check in on her, only to find her fast asleep. He reaches out to softly touch her hand, you know, like a creep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it wakes her up. 
They say hi to each other, but are interrupted when nurse Virginia Alves, played by Gloria Gifford, walks in and tells Jimmy to leave Lori alone. Again, not spoiling anything. Uh-huh. This woman is the only person that should be working here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Everyone else needs to be fired yeah. it's, immediately. It's crazy to me because she's treated as like the villain. The bitch. Yeah. yeah. And, and <laughs> I don't know. She's like, leave her alone to Jimmy. And I'm like, is this just something he does? I guess. Yeah. He's like, he sees a cute girl and he's like... I'm going to go wake her up. Yeah. Like, what, are you, what are you doing? Falls in love 10 times a day. <laughs> and uh, isn't he an EMT? Like, yeah. what, are you, even, what are you doing? I understand that EMTs need like a bedside manner and, you know, all that stuff. But Not I don't literally. think that they, yeah. like that. <laughs> they don't get into bed with them. Right? <laughs> but Nurse Alves asks Lori how she's doing. And she says that she's sore and asks what happened. Alves tells her that she cracked a bone, but the doctor is waiting until tomorrow to put a cast on. They're like, look, in this hospital, we can just shoot you up a shit willy-nilly, <laughs> but a cast is going to have to wait. <laughs> but she tells Lori to get some rest and tells Jimmy to head out with her. She leaves and he pretends to follow, shutting the door behind her and turning around to Lori with a smile. The fuck? Uh, I do not know you. And even when he's talking to Bud about her, he's not like, oh, yeah, no. I know her. We were friends. Right, right. No, nope. she goes to school with my little brother. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, this is the most tertiary of connections. What are yeah. you? What are you doing, dude? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? He's about to risk it all. I'm <laughs> very uncomfortable. Oh yeah, but he asks if she wants something to drink, and she nods. He says he'll bring her a Coke, which, why the name brand? Like, I don't know. He already said a drink. He said a soda. Would you like a a nice, refreshing Coca-Cola? You know, classic Coke is back. (laughs) (laughs) But Bud pops his head in, saying they've got another call and need to leave. Alves, who doesn't play that bullshit, doubles back and tells them both to leave. Get out. Yeah, no shit. I just told her to get some rest. I'm so confused. Jimmy's like, you want to play backgammon? (laughs) Aren't you on call? But back in front of the Doyle house, I said the Wallace house earlier. I don't think it matters. Yeah. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> well, the funny thing is I, I read something about them saying the houses look different after two years. Yeah. So don't come for me. They. Yeah. <laughs> I'm confused. I'm confused too. <laughs> but the reporter shares the latest news. The police have identified Michael Myers as the escaped patient and they believe that he has been burned to, to death. <laughs> I believe that's a direct quote. I'm like, you, you got to get someone yeah. else to write your copy, <laughs> man. <laughs> They got to be the first to get it out. I guess so. He's like, he's a burned corpse. Come on, man. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Don't say it. But Deborah Lane, a line producer played by Catherine Bergstrom, tells her assistant played by Dana Carvey. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what? (laughs) She tells him to get as much info as he can, but reminds him about parental consent for statements from children, but then just tells him to get the statements anyway. (laughs) We'll figure it out. Yeah. Permission or not. It's fine. But just then, Brackett, Loomis, and Hunt arrive on the scene. Deborah opens her mouth to talk to them, but they breeze past her with a not now. The men gather around as Jimmy and Bud wheel out another stretcher, this time covered in a sheet. Brackett pulls the sheet down to reveal Annie, played again by Nancy Loomis in a cameo. (laughs) He closes her eyes and covers her again. As they take her away, Brackett tells the men very somberly that he has to tell his wife before somebody else does so fucking sad that's when i was like this is serious yeah it's so sad and they handled it with the weight that it deserves because annie brackett is an angel (laughs) she's your favorite (laughs) she's my favorite but hunt tells him to go home and that he'll take care of everything but this is when brackett turns his anger to loomis he asks what have you done 
Loomis says, I haven't done anything. <laughs> <laughs> and he's so calm about yeah. it. So I guess calm. he's like, I can't, I can't be my 100 yeah. self with this no, dude. No, 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 Not no. right now. Bracket repeats. He says, you let him out and storms off. And Loomis, who will not allow this to go unchecked, yeah. he goes, I didn't let him out. I gave them orders for him to be restrained. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be clear. It's like, I... I laugh at this every single time, which is not good because it's a very serious moment. Yeah. But just the way that Loomis, for whatever reason, he's like, I'm not allowing the record to be. Yeah. No, I'm not going <laughs> to take that once. Not once. Even from you who has been through a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but Hunt facetiously asks if there's anything they can do for Loomis. But Loomis tells him plainly, if that wasn't Michael Myers burning, a lot more kids are going to die tonight. Hunt doesn't believe him, saying he just saw Michael Myers burn, but Loomis says that they have to be sure. As the crowd gathers around, including people snapping photos... Yeah. I laughed out loud because... <laughs> People are gathering around like an audience, and the more yeah. people gather around, he's like, "No, we yeah. must!" Like, he's like, he's, he's so fucking. He's giving them more of a show. Yeah. <laughs> Loomis is a showman. He's like, "Dude, ham it up." He plays to his audience. He, he does. plays to his you audience. You gotta respect it. Deborah is also listening intently, and Hunt says that he talks about Michael Myers like he's an animal. Loomis responds with a truncated version of his speech from the first film. Yep. He's like, "I told Bracket, but you weren't here for that to so look." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to hold that against you. Exactly. I was Michael's doctor for 15 years, and I realized within him there was no conscience or reason or anything remotely human. He's like, again, I shot him six <laughs> times, yeah. and he walked away. That's like, it's like the chorus. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he says it's possible that Michael's still out there. He then asks where they took the burned body, and Hunt tells him naturally the coroner's office. Loomis says to get a dentist and meet him there in 30. It's funny to me because this speech has the power to make believers out of skeptics. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. it worked on Bracket in the original. Because Bracket originally was like, look, I'm only doing this because it would look bad if I didn't. Yeah. yeah. And then later he's like, oh shit, Michael Myers, you yeah. said? Well, he's like, he's scaring the shit out of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, he fucking tells Hunt and then Loomis kind of becomes acting sheriff yeah. now. <laughs> he did. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. He's like, get me to the coroner's office in 30 minutes. They're like, oh, yes, sir. You got a bus. You got a bus. <laughs> I bring up Deborah, the line producer, a few times because apparently it was either in the original script or the novelization of this. Michael was supposed to kill her and it was supposed to be this big scene on like the side mm -hmm. of the road, but it didn't make it in the film. For some right. reason. Yeah. yeah. So I thought she was going to be a bigger deal. Well, it seems like she's going to be. Yeah. And then yeah. You just never see her again. Nope. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> like we've had enough of that. But back in town, we see kids in the street trick-or-treating and a teen walks by carrying a boombox on his shoulder, listening to a news report that says basically verbatim what Loomis just told Hunt. So they were really... Yeah, yeah it's like, yeah. okay. It was also funny to me that he was listening to the news. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's been a big night in Haddonfield. <laughs> but the person on the radio also says the police are confident that the suspect will be captured soon. They also quickly dropped the he burned to death angle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other interesting thing about this is that the teen carrying the boombox is played by Lance Warlock, who is Dick Warlock's son. All right. Yeah. Nice. But we see Karen Bailey, an off-duty nurse played by Pamela Susan Shoup, walking with her friend Darcy Esmont, played by Anne Marie Martin, to her car. 
She's complaining about a shitty Halloween party that she just went to. And Darcy reminds her that she promised to drive her home. And even though it'll make her late for her shift and she'll probably get chewed out by Alves, she reluctantly agrees to take her. Yeah. Emphasis on reluctantly. Yeah. I was like, Fucked what up. a bitch. Could you yeah. imagine going with your friend somewhere and they drive you there and they're like, mm, you have a way home, right? No, after, after they said they'd take you home. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and then she's say. like, no. Oh. It's five minutes to you. I was like, five Whoa. minutes? Well, maybe you shouldn't have stayed at the party oh, so yeah, long. That's a bitch. <laughs> that was my next comment. <laughs> First, you told me, and then you know you, you knew you had to go to work. Yes. yes. But then you <laughs> want to leave you five have, minutes yeah. till you got to go to work. That you sounds have, like a YP. Yeah. That's your problem. Poor time management. Yes. Yeah. I was like, what a shitty friend. It's just awful. But she's like, ah, I guess. Get in. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you suck. <laughs> But they do get into the car and pull away. We return to the boombox teen who throws it over his shoulder. But as he walks into the street, the reporter says a surviving teenager has been taken to Haddonfield Memorial. The radio teen bumps into the shape and we then follow him as the Halloween theme plays and he heads down the street, passing a sign for Haddonfield Memorial Hospital with an arrow leading the yeah. way. Yeah, very convenient. Yes. That kid was like, and I oop. Yeah. <laughs> I expected more of a moment and he's yes. just like, nope, never mind. Like, he just keeps going. Well, he's like, oh, sorry, sir. Well, yeah. everyone is wearing costumes tonight. <laughs> he's like, sorry, dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I this this moment always makes me laugh because it is very convenient, like you said. Yeah. Uh, I did see on that featurette that this was shot by John Carpenter. Yeah. And it was shot because they realized later on that they did not have any way for Michael to know where the hospital was, who was there. Yeah. Didn't he live here? He did, but he doesn't know where a certain person is until he hears it on the radio. Yeah. All right. Yeah, he couldn't yeah. have known. Granted, it is hilarious that he's like to the sign. He's like, yeah. point me in that direction. Thank you, <laughs> Thank sir. Thank you very much. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's very clearly a last minute decision they made. Yeah. yeah. But at the hospital, we see Karen pulling into the parking lot. She grabs her things and heads inside. But we dip down to her side mirror to reveal the shape standing behind her car. So I will say in the five minutes it took for her to take her friend home. Yeah. And then get to the hospital. Michael he fucking walked. walked. Yeah. Yeah. It must be a Leslie Vernon yeah, situation. I was going to say, remember <laughs> like, though. Yes. When the camera is not on you. He's just panting. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why he's breathing heavily. Yeah. <laughs> but inside the hospital, Jimmy watches the news for the latest updates. Bud is sat at a table with Janet Marshall, played by Anna Alicia. Is this dude sitting there fucking smoking weed in the break room of the hospital? <laughs> yeah. You know what's so funny is that. We talked about Cabin in the Woods recently, and so I'm so used to seeing pot that I didn't even register that he was <laughs> smoking pot. You're like, listen to that, dude. Right. Yeah, he knows everything, dude. Please. This is our protagonist. <laughs> yeah, he's just sitting there with roach clips and everything. Yeah. He's just yeah. smoking. Yeah. Just, I was like, you were on duty. Yeah. You're yeah. an EMT. Yeah. You were driving oh, yeah. the yes. <laughs> it makes okay. him. It helps him focus. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> But Bud says that they should go for pizza and starts naming the ingredients <laughs> that he'd like on that pizza. He did have me until he said he hated mushrooms. Yeah, that was yeah. disappointing. Yeah, get fucked, Bud. I was like, now he's our antagonist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in another room, Bernard Garrett, a security guard played by Cliff Emick, sits distracted by a magazine when right behind him in grainy ass footage, we see the shape in 480p walking onto the property. <laughs> No, <laughs> nobody's doing their job. Yeah. No. Uh, Mrs. Alves. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Nobody that's else it. is that's doing it. their job. 
But Karen knocks loudly on the door and Garrett buzzes her in. Concurrently, we see the door to the ambulance entrance slowly sliding shut without ever seeing who opened it. This is interesting because this shot was used earlier when they brought Lori in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now it's being used to show that the shape has come in. Yeah. I'm like, Dean Cundy, you goddamn yeah. genius. <laughs> but back in the break room, Janet tells the guys that a friend of hers saw Michael Myers yesterday afternoon. But Bud says her friend is full of shit because he didn't escape until last night. Janet's like, you don't have to swear. Yeah. It's like, you just lost. Yeah. Once you start tone policing, you've, you've lost. Why are you yelling though? <laughs> but Bud calls Janet's friend a goddamn moron. She tells him every single word out of your mouth is either hell or shit or damn. And he apologizes for fucking up all the yeah. time. <laughs> she leaves annoyed, but he sits proud of himself. Karen walks in and makes eyes with Bud She says that she's late and has to get on the ward, but promises to come see Bud later. After she leaves, Bud sings his own version of Amazing Grace. Yeah. Amazing Grace, come sit on my face. (laughs) Don't make me cry. I need your pie. (laughs) Jimmy's like, dude, shut the fuck up. He's the fucking character. He is. I I I have two things here. Number one, this little song, if we can call it that, was ad-libbed. Oh, wow. Uh, Rosenthal was trying to come up with something. He's like, we need something that we don't have to pay for. And so <laughs> Leo Rossi was like, hey, Amazing Grace is public domain. He's like, well, do you want me to just sing it? He goes, no, sing it like Bud would sing it. Yeah. And he's like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> That's how Bud would sing yeah. it. Is. Uh, the other thing is that he said that Rick Rosenthal fought for him to have this role because Deborah Hill did not want him to be Bud. Why? She said, and in all fairness, he does. She said, this is a small Midwest town. He is straight from the East Coast. Okay. <laughs> no, he yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, there is no. He is. <laughs> but Bud's like, dude, what crawled up your ass? And Jimmy tells him that they very easily could have pulled Ziggy or Bud's brother Mark out of that house. Bud's like, dude, what do you want me to do? And that's when he tells him, I guess, something that Jimmy doesn't want to hear. He tells him to never get involved with the patient because it doesn't work out. Jimmy's like, but. Yeah. But Lori Strode's in there. Yeah. yeah you are aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think my thing is that I'm supposed to believe in the two seconds that he's spoken to Lori that he's already told Bud that he's in love with her. Yeah. This yeah. is that's a really weird. Uh, I don't know what they were trying to do with Jimmy and Lori, but yeah. I don't like it. Am I supposed to like it? You know, I, I don't. I was, just, <laughs> I, I was just confused. I was like, "What the fuck's happening?" Yeah. I, like, what? I mean, oh, I, I also, I was about to say. So you offer her a coke, and now y'all are engaged. The one that Bud was talking to, that was offended by his language, was drinking out of a cup that just said coke. It did. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, did they finance yeah. this, dude? Speaking of engaged. In that featurette, Leo Rossi said that he was in, I think it was like either a softball or celebrity golf or something like Mm -hmm. that. But on his team, it must have been softball. You can't play golf together. (laughs) (laughs) We're a team. On his golf team. Exactly. Uh, On his team was Christopher Guest. And yes, you know where this is going. Yes, I love it. This is a story you should be telling. Yes, it is. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis came by to see them play. He introduced them and I believe they're still married. Isn't oh, somebody else's nice. name? Yeah. Is it is Jimmy's last name guest? It is, and they're not related. I Damn it, it I really uh, wanted it. I thought that'd be really cool. <laughs> but after getting that bad news about not dating patients, Jimmy storms out, heading down the hall, and he passes an open door that slowly creaks shut. Back to the break room for just a brief moment. Um, 
Bud put the roach in his uniform pocket. Now, yeah. <laughs> he's going to stink. Oh, well, yeah. He's going to stink pretty bad. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, nobody gives a 78. fuck. 78. Yes. It's 78. Yeah. 78. Jimmy's not, like, what's he's not like? 81, I, I, 78. I think yeah. we hit a skunk. Uh. <laughs> what? You guys smell that? Yeah, God damn. <laughs> <laughs> but we then follow POV shots of Michael walking down a staircase, then through a hall. When we see Karen walking down the same hall, he ducks into the nursery until she's out of sight. Not the nursery. <laughs> I yeah. know. There's fucking babies in there. He's like, look, even I have my limits. Right. I am not going to kill these kids. <laughs> Is he going to eat them? Oh, shit. We don't. Yeah. I don't like this, yeah. dude. <laughs> but he steps forward about to head out. And then he sees Alves walk by and ducks back in like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's the boss. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Mostly obscured by darkness, we see the shape through the nursery window as Alves admonishes Karen for being late yet again. She apologizes, but Alves says, look, even though you're a great nurse, you need to be on time. I don't know how you're the bad guy. Yeah, yeah what a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, like, how, no, that's what we're dude, supposed to yeah. get. I know. I was like, maybe I'm too old now, maybe. but I'm like, fucking listen. Yeah. You better show up. Eight those, means eight. Those babies were unattended. They were. Because why? Because you went to a fucking party? Get it together. And yeah. you're drunk? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Is that you watching the film? <laughs> and she's a bad friend. And you're a shitty friend. Just go oh, home. Yeah. Man. Just go home. You're off duty tonight. Indefinitely. <laughs> but in the background, we see the shape slink away. He literally, as he walks away, he's kind of watching her to make sure she doesn't turn around. <laughs> yeah. It's like, did you forget you're Michael Myers? <laughs> but in Lori's room, Jimmy sits at the edge of her bed. Obviously didn't take Bud's advice. No. But he tells Lori that they should have handled Michael Myers better and maybe he wouldn't have gotten loose. Lori makes the connection. The Myers house. She's like, the little kid who killed his sister? Jimmy tells her that he escaped last night and that it's all over the news. She's flabbergasted, wondering why her. This is like, this would be so crazy because mm-hmm. Lori's what, 17? Yeah. yeah. And this happened 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. That would be like, when you're a kid y'all are talking about this like Uh that's the creepy house you know what i mean yeah and for it to be that dude came back and attacked me like that's crazy i would shit myself yeah yeah. i don't even think we have an equivalent it's like if Candyman was real (laughs) (laughs) and then came for you exactly specifically (laughs) but alves bust in telling jimmy once again to leave this is the most unprofessional (laughs) it is it's unbelievable I, I one thing I did want to point out is like you know when you think about it, this is all Lori's dad's fault, right? If he didn't tell her to take the stuff to that old Myers place, I mean, uh, and he spies right. her through the window, he's like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, well, <laughs> this is my property. Sh- it right. should be all her dad's fault. Yes, but they tried to pull some M Night bullshit. Yeah. They did. <laughs> we'll get to we'll it. get to that. But Jimmy stands behind Alves, mouthing to Lori that he'll be back, and Alves is like, "No, you will not." <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Seeing that made me realize that he does do this. He must do this yeah. a lot. Yeah. Because Ew, he, uh, she doesn't even have to turn around to be like, Jimmy, I swear to fucking right. God. fire him. <laughs> why why do these people have a job? No shit. Oh, maybe it's a small town and there's an EMT shortage. Oh. I, don't care. <laughs> I don't care. He's like got predator vibes. It's like, Bud, work harder, Jimmy's right. fired. Because yes. <laughs> we can't we can't keep doing this. Bud, you're gonna be picking up some slack. Okay. Right. <laughs> 
You're going to be driving and loading. Did they really name him Bud? Yes, they did. And then have him smoking Bud? Yeah. Yes, they did. <laughs> that just clicked with me. <laughs> well, nay, they named him Dr. Mixter and he's drunk. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, come on. These are like placeholder names. Right. Dr. Check. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But Olives checks in on Lori, telling her that they're trying to get a hold of her parents, saying that they thought that the Strodes were at the same party that Dr. Mixter was, but somehow can't locate them. Well, the party sounds like a rager, yeah. so they're, they're probably fucked the, up somewhere. He's somewhere with a lampshade over there. But Lori says that she has no idea where they could be. We then get a shot of Michael leaving a room with a sharp instrument in the dark. Alves then tries the phone, but can't get it to work. I guess that's supposed to be him saying, I just cut the yeah. phone line. <laughs> <laughs> done and done. But she calls in Janet and tells her to tell Garrett that they're having problems with the phone. Lori starts to get suspicious, but Alves tells her not to worry and to get some rest. After she leaves, Lori tries the phone herself and sees that it doesn't work. Now, I thought her shoulder was hurt. Because yes. she reaches all the way back. <laughs> she does. And picks that no, phone No, it was up. her chest, remember? Yeah, she got oh. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, you're reaching. No, True. It's, it's her shoulder. If you ask Bud, she was stabbed in the heart. So. Uh, right. <laughs> like, I don't know what the fuck. But that's a good point. Yeah, her um, injuries, I feel like, are pretty convenient yeah. for, <laughs> for the majority of the film. There's one that outright confuses me. <laughs> yeah. But it's fine. Uh, but then she hears a branch scraping at her window, and then the scene just ends. It's like, like all right, know, yeah. Yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure she's fine. She'll, yeah. she'll be okay. But down the hall, Garrett hands a radio to Janet and says that he has to climb a pole outside to check the phone lines. Janet is like totally clueless as to use this radio. Yeah, or... he's like, you'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> gotta grow up sometime, kid. But outside, he surveys the area with his flashlight and doesn't notice anything noteworthy. He makes his way over to a dumpster, opening it up and finding what appears to be fresh blood. He reaches for it, but is then barreled over by a cat, and he crashes into a couple metal trash cans. Not a cat jump scare. I know. Yeah. You're better than this. What are you doing? I don't know. He hugged that fake cat on the way <laughs> he down. He did. <laughs> I was like, he straight up <laughs> held that cat, that cat as he went down. I. What's funny is you know it was a stunt cat. Yeah. And he just <laughs> I would have held the cat, too. I mean, well, who, yeah. who among us wouldn't? Yeah. But he gets up, probably hoping there isn't some grainy-ass footage of this somewhere, (laughs) (laughs) and he notices a broken padlock leading to a supply room. He walks in cautiously and turns on a lamp. He then gets on the radio and tells Janet that someone broke into the storeroom, but he comes in all fuzzy on the other end. He tells Janet that somebody needs to alert the sheriff. Janet fumbles her way with the radio, just completely fucking up. Which she told him. She told him. In all fairness, this is Garrett's fault. Garrett hears another noise, though, and heads off to investigate, finding yet another broken padlock. He opens it up only for supplies to tumble down on top of him. Okay, Paul Blar. It's ridiculous. This yeah. was very fucking slapstick. <laughs> it, it it's was. ridiculous. What are you doing? It, You're wrestling cats. You're yeah. like, what are you doing? If well, he slips and falls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not only that, I know it's his job, but you don't, fuck you, you don't got to uh-huh. give me a no, gun. No. Absolutely You no. want me to Scooby-Doo this shit alone? Uh-huh. Oh, no. Absolutely yeah. not. I wanted him to crash through a table like Chris Farley. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't That's, happen. I mean, we're almost we at might that as well, level. Dude. Like, I was like, is this supposed yeah. to be funny? I don't know. Because it felt funny. I laughed. <laughs> But after hearing another noise, he ventures further, finding a third broken padlock. <laughs> I feel like the job is done after two. Yeah. But 
He opens up that door, finding nothing out of the ordinary, but when he closes it, the shape is waiting behind it. He lifts a hammer above his head and sinks the claw into Garrett's head. We all saw it coming. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, RIP, you know. But uh, the second he walked away from his station, I was like, bye. Yeah. But, like, because I was like, maybe he only kills teenagers uh-huh. right oh, no because why did he leave that woman and her husband like he could have taken them out in two seconds yeah he could have so and again that makes a lot of it doesn't make that a lot of sense to me because he he leaves them alone and right. then he goes and kills that teenage girl home alone and i'm like okay maybe he's just like respects his elders yeah. <laughs> i don't know but he's a good well, kid if you, yeah. <laughs> if you approach him proper he's not that bad it just didn't make any sense to me because yeah. i'm like oh no he apparently he doesn't discriminate but then if he's a ruthless killing machine why do you let the ham sandwich lady live i don't know i'm i don't know why do you eat that dog why did he <laughs> eat that dog? and not eat the cat because cats are better yeah. all well, right you've heard it here first he ate the dog in the first movie he did he maybe he is his motivation uh, yeah. <laughs> a man grows i mean you know. we all change we evolve yeah i was just laughing because garrett literally just showed up to make a fool of himself and yes. die and then die, and die. but janet still fiddles with the radio trying to make contact with garrett she's like I got to get back on the floor, dude, and just bail. Yeah. <laughs> In the coroner's office, the dentist, played by Jeffrey Kramer, unveils the crispy body that the police assume to be Michael. He scrapes at the teeth, saying it's difficult to tell, but seeing that there are no fillings, he assumes that the corpse is that of a young man, maybe 17 or 18. What? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like weird logic for me. It makes me laugh because after he says seventeen or eighteen, Loomis goes, "Michael Myers is twenty-one." <laughs> He's like, "So it's not this him." him. Yeah. <laughs> but can you really tell by two or three years? No. <sighs> then none of that logic made okay. sense. That made no sense. I didn't have my first filling till I was like almost thirty. Yeah. So I mean that it makes <laughs> no sense. I was very confused by that too. Yeah. Also, is, is everybody supposed yeah, to get fillings at a certain age? I don't know. I don't know. At eighteen. Yeah. Um also before you start scraping at a corpse, you should probably take that fluffy ass sweater off. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna get all kinds yeah. of debris. You're gonna get all over yeah. it. Yeah. Take it home with you. <laughs> <laughs> but the dentist says to get a positive ID they'll need to check X rays and dental records, which will take hours. Loomis says that they have to assume that Michael Myers is still alive. And since Loomis, again, is apparently calling all the shots, Hunt tells his men to head back out and sweep to locate Michael Myers. Don't they tell him to open... He's like, open the case back up? Or yeah, because so, the cops are like, I'm tired, I'm yeah. think you close the case After. based yeah. on an unidentified man uh-huh. wearing a widely yeah. available mask. <laughs> what? They're just lazy. Yeah. Like, that's the only thing I can think of. They're like, dude, Brackett's not here to cry- to get on our case. Hey, Let's just go home. Closed. I did laugh because Loomis thanks him because like, dude, he's like, Brackett was a fucking piece of work. <laughs> so thank You're you for listening. You're making this very easy. But we then see a mob gathering outside the Myers house, just fucking it up with rocks. Stro- I was like, Strode Realty is going to take a hit on this yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> there sure was a lot of rocks out there. Oh, yeah. Did <laughs> they have a bring- rock yeah, garden? Were you, or- <laughs> were you bringing them with you? Did you? <laughs> no, dude. They went trick-or-treating. It's fucking Charlie Brown. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just a sack full of rocks. I got a rock. That's the cleanest joke we've ever told. <laughs> <laughs> It'll never happen again. No, we're, we apologize. <laughs> <laughs> but Hunt's car pulls up with Loomis riding passenger. Hunt calls for more cars to be sent to the Myers place, and Loomis says, 
the tribe. <laughs> One of their number was butchered. This is awake. Yeah. <laughs> Hunt doesn't even respond. He's like, this is why Brackett was... Why is everything a fucking poem? I don't know. just talk? But Loomis pulls out his gun again, making sure it's loaded, telling Hunt that it heightens his sense of security. I just love this dude. He's too much. It's perfect. It makes me laugh because when he says about the security bit, Hunt looks at him like, dude, this is getting to be a lot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, what have I fucking linked yeah, up yeah. with? Fuck. God damn. I have made a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> but the men get out of the car and head through the mob to the Myers place. A patrolman comes out telling Hunt and Loomis that Michael just flat out is not here. That's when Hunt tells him to check again. Hunt offers Loomis a smoke, telling him how Haddonfield was a quiet town until tonight. The only gunfire you heard was the shot to start the track meet. I thought that was a great line. Yeah. Yeah. But Loomis is like, and yet in 1963, (laughs) Michael Myers butchered his sister in that upstairs right there. That sounds quiet to you. That's interesting. He's he's got a lot of (laughs) passive energy too. (laughs) And it comes up later and it kills me. But (laughs) Dude was trying to light his cigarette. He was completely ignored him. No, he's like, whatever. He does take a cigarette and then he just holds the lighter. Yeah. yeah. He's like, thank you. And this is mine now. Yeah. But Loomis says that after 15 years, Michael came back. There was a force inside of him biding its time. He says Michael appeared to be the ideal patient to the staff because of his silence and immobility. Mm-hmm. He didn't talk, cry, or move. He just waited. So again, I know Loomis is like doing the most in this movie. Right. <laughs> but in these moments, you're like, God damn damn donald pleasance is just yeah. no he's amazing and he makes michael myers scarier yes yeah. like he's great he's just fucking funny it's, sometimes. yeah because there's a lot of moments i mean we had in the first film lonnie get your ass away from there <laughs> but stuff like this is just he's just dialed up but loomis says the staff didn't know what he was hunts like did you know and loomis goes yeah i knew <laughs> Just then, a couple of teens rush up to Hunt, saying they're worried about Bennett Tramer. (laughs) Trying to choke back the tears here. They say he left the party at 10 p.m. and they haven't seen him since. They say he was drunk and Loomis asks how old he was. They say he was 17 and had a stupid mask on. And he had no fillings. Yeah, Yeah. just for the record. (laughs) We talked about it a lot. Ben had no fillings. The men rush off and Loomis says maybe they should check his dental records. And I was like, man, as if Lori's night wasn't awful. I know. No. Yes. The dude she was crushing on. It was the greatest American love story ever told. It was supposed to be. I don't know why I said American. (laughs) I think, you know what? I was thinking the great American novel and I just fucking mishmashed everything together. (laughs) It works. It works. It was worldwide. Greatest story ever told. (laughs) But we never got to see it through. And now we're supposed to just replace <laughs> Ben Tramer with Jimmy? Yeah. Well, Get fucked, yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, fuck off, Jimmy. <laughs> you're, I hope your you're, ass. you're like, I hope you're listening, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> but the patrolman returns, saying that they had a break-in at the elementary school, and they're sure it's Michael Myers, so the men rush off. Back at the hospital, Karen sorts through medication when a loud alarm goes off, scaring the shit out of her. She heads down the poorly lit hall with her stethoscope, checking in on a patient in one of the rooms. Why is this hospital so fucking dark? Right. I don't know. I I don't know. <laughs> and wouldn't she know who's supposed to be in what room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. she should. Right? Yes. There's True. usually like charts and shit. Yeah. yeah, and there's like when 
I'm not a nurse, but uh-huh. when one comes on, like, isn't she briefed about each oh, yeah. patient's status? Yeah. Or they, aren't they briefed about each person's status? You would think. As yeah. the outgoing nurse Well, leaves? but then again, you got to remember, Alves is the only one doing her job. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone else is just smoking weed yeah, with blood. Nobody, <laughs> nobody seems to know what's going on. Another thing a lot of people complain about was how empty this hospital is. Yes. Oh, yeah. And it made me laugh because Rick Rosenthal's defense, he goes, no, well, one time me and my wife went to a hospital at night and it was also very empty. Okay. It's like, don't sure, use, don't use yeah. anecdotal cool, evidence with cool me. Cool story, bro. Of one night. Of one night, okay. yeah. But I think that's why they were trying to say that it was a clinic on the radio because a clinic makes a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah but they already fucked but up. They, and they made a logo. But Karen reaches the bed of the patient and suddenly the patient grabs her and pulls her on top of him. But it's revealed to be Bud. She should have known when she walked in and smelled the fucking yeah. marijuana. Like, is our patient a skunk? Right. <laughs> <laughs> is this an animal hospital? <laughs> Bud's in here. Uh, yeah. But she calls him an idiot and an asshole. And he just tells her, happy Halloween. She then calls him a jerk getting off the bed to collect herself. He reminds her that she loves him and she calls herself an idiot too. I was like, yeah, that's kind of cute. I guess. He's not Jimmy, dude. He's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still mad. You're still angry. <laughs> he associates with Jimmy, <laughs> goddammit. He knows Jimmy. <laughs> but then Bud has a bright idea to head down to the therapy room, but Karen says that she can't leave the kids. He says, everyone is all weirded out over Michael Myers. He's like, but I just want to... And then in a seeming... It was kind of a rare moment of sincerity. He just pulls her in for a kiss. I was like, this is not the butt I know. No, first of all, who are you? Secondly, she doesn't want to get it in in the middle of her shift. (laughs) (laughs) Holy Lord. In the middle of her shift when she's supposed to be watching babies, and he's like, man, Michael Myers is ruining everything. (laughs) (laughs) What? I, I don't know. And listen, she's supposed to be watching that babies, and. From what I've learned in a movie we watched recently, if you're off showing each other the flesh and one of those babies dies, then mama's coming for that ass. That's all I'm saying. It's going to be a real problem. But Bud then tells her that the therapy room is just a few rooms down. Karen reluctantly agrees, but says that they have to keep the door open so they can hear in case they, you know, someone needs something. Yeah, let's fuck with the door open. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what are you talking? <laughs> I'm. This is this well, is insane. If there's nobody there. No, Mrs. Alves is still oh, here. She yeah. will fire oh, your true. ass. Oh. And okay, hi. You're supposed to be watching these fucking babies. Well, yeah, dude. Why do y'all keep forgetting about the babies? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, I understand riding the clock to take a shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I. I understand but you that. don't ride the clock to ride the you know what i'm saying uh, see we're, we've made our way back from <laughs> from charlie brown folks remember, <laughs> remember when we were joking about charlie brown yeah. hmm. but anyways she tells him that she needs to double check the kids first and bud tells her to meet him there in 15 minutes We then get shots of the dark, empty hospital halls before returning to Lori's room, where we find her sleeping once again. She dreams of an interaction with a girl and her mother in the backyard of their house hanging laundry. The girl asks why her mother won't ever tell her anything, and the mother is like, I told you, I'm not your mother. I was like, that is bold as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's how you tell that someone is, that. That's fucking insane. It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> 
But she then sees drops of blood falling onto a black surface before we see a large room with giant windows and wooden floors with a boy seated in front of one of the windows as the sunlight beams in. The girl slowly approaches the boy and he turns around to face her as the blood continues to drip. She wakes up like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Okay, I think it's really obvious what this dream was, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you were trying to tell me I guess we can get into the math of it a little bit later when a little more is revealed. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. But Loomis didn't know about this. Yeah. This is visitation. Uh huh. Loomis didn't know about this. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot that literally and pardon me makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I was like, and it's funny because growing up, I was like, yeah, that's what it is. Uh huh. And then watching, I can't. I mean, I guess I can't give too yeah. much away about it, but... Well, I mean, there'll be even more when we get to the moment itself right. as well. Okay, okay. But uh, I feel your pain. Yeah, yeah, I accepted this as fact as a child. Yes. And then I got older and I was like... Wait a minute. Wait, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. no. I watched it in or this part and I was just like, okay, wow. <laughs> and uh, that looks like nail polish water done. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't... I mean, that's I what didn't... You did. That's yeah. what you took away from it. Well, um, the dream was... Um, the dream was a lot. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But and you choose tonight to be like, oh, recovered memory. Yeah. Like, Wait, yeah. what? It's whatever uh, fucking Doctor Mix drink shot her exactly. up. Exactly. <laughs> it was it was some kind of recovery serum. <laughs> <laughs> but Lori just falls back asleep, and we've already gave it away. But I was gonna say, I'm sure it means nothing. Yeah. But, uh, it, it doesn't we, mean we, anything. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. But in the therapy room, through obscure glass, we see Karen taking her clothes off with Bud already in the hydrotherapy tub, watching with anticipation. They have the bubbles and the jets on in mm-hmm. the tub. It's loud. Supposed to, yeah, you're supposed to hear somebody coming, though. Yeah. How are you going to hear mm-hmm. it over that? Come this on, This is <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Go on. He's like, keep going. You got a boss. <laughs> <laughs> but Karen throws a towel on, turns off the lights, and enters the room. She then drops the towel getting in the hot tub with Bud completely naked. They start to make out, but Karen complains about the heat of the water. Bud jokes that it's just him and they continue on. (laughs) We see the hand of the shape reaching out and increasing the temperature of the water even more. Karen then asks Bud to get out and check because it's getting way too spicy for the pepper. (laughs) The funny thing about this is in that featurette, Leo Rossi said that the water is actually freezing cold. Oh, man. He said that as they were about to get in, Rosenthal told him that the generator broke. As they were about to what? Uh, Nope. (laughs) (laughs) We're not doing that. (laughs) But I'm like watching them. I'm like, by Halloween's own rules. Yeah, dude. You're dead. You done goofed. Yeah, you done goofed. But Bud gets up and heads to the other room. Karen steps out of the tub with her back to the door and through the glass behind her, we see the shape step into frame and silently strangle Bud to death. Yep. Bye, Bud. I, I actually liked Bud, so it was yeah. a shame. Yeah. <laughs> but we watch his body fall lifeless to the floor and the shape slowly creeps into the room. He walks up to Karen and rests his hand on her shoulder. Assuming it's Bud, Karen grabs his hand and tells him that it's just not going to happen tonight, but she asks if he wants to go to breakfast later. Bud just got out of the tub, butt ass naked. Mm-hmm. And wet. And wet. Uh-huh. And she's stroking his hand with his fucking long sleeves on. <laughs> Dude, 
It bothered me because not okay. She starts kissing his hand. I was gonna say she does a little more. Yeah. Oh, you, oh I, I didn't think we were there yet. Uh, but she she's unable to feel that it's Bud somehow. Right. I that was is, like that it's not Bud. She's that it's not. Bud. Yeah. Right. It's like did uh, Bud find a mechanic suit? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but she's kissing in his hand and sucking on his finger. I'm like, yeah. how does that not taste terrible? Bro, yeah. Thank <laughs> like, you. I was like, that's fucking gross. Yes. After everything Michael has done yeah, tonight, you know like, he did he not wash his hand. Why do your hands not taste like dog? <laughs> Yeah, dude. There's that no way. That wasn't this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same night, damn we, it. We can't forgive him. It's no. unforgivable. No. <laughs> but thankfully, she finally turns around to see that it is not Bud, and she screams. Unfortunately for her, it's too late. Michael grabs her and submerges her head first under the scalding hot water. He pulls her out, and she screams. He dunks her back in, and we see the temperature gauge moves into the red, which yeah. is what literally labeled scalding. <laughs> Why would you Why have do this you on have there? That? <laughs> so we can know. I guess. But we see him continue to dunk her head in, each time pulling her out with more severe burns until the skin on her face is hanging off. I thought it was a, it was cool, yeah. but like Michael should have lost some hand skin. Oh yeah, well he's he's not human. Yeah, <laughs> come on, man. But after the final dunk, he dumps her onto the floor dead. Again, uh, the effects look great. Yeah, no, it did look good. My thing is, it's just not what I think of when I think of Halloween. <laughs> no. It's this, this is this, this is, is a Friday, Friday the Thirteenth death yeah. for sure. No, it, it is for sure. I mean, and again, you know, there was there was a little bit of nudity in Halloween, so the nudity is whatever. Yeah, like I don't care. Uh, but it's that it's the gory graphic death. You're like right. this very much is Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I know, and and I just thought it was really funny. Huh. But I thought it would be funny if Michael committed to the bit of being Bud, and he was just in there naked, but with the mask on when he killed her. Like and it was like she, he had the clothes on, and when she turned around to see, it was really not Bud. He was naked. He's like, oh, oh, what well, the fuck? And then he kills her. In all fairness, yeah. dude commits to a bit because he wore that sheet with oh, Bob's yeah, glasses. Yeah. So he should have gotten yeah. naked. He, uh, dude, uh, he literally kills Bob, takes his glasses, puts it on. on yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. No, original Halloween, Michael would have yeah. been butt ass right. naked. Yeah. So the IMDb... Uh, parents guide would have uh, yeah. would have been, <laughs> been great you finally got to see michael's dick yeah. are you happy <laughs> did we bring that up on here i think i i don't know i i don't know if it was the show or or talk mortem uh-huh but okay in the parents guide on imdb for the original halloween there was somebody that was very upset about the fact that we saw breasts but we did not see male frontal nudity and every every single note it was such a passive aggressive you see breasts you don't see any penis it's like you can just go look at a penis like if that's what you want it's just funny to me for the parents consulting that they're like yeah we got it are you are you okay we're we're trying to figure this out (laughs) working through some shit i just want to know if my kid can watch this yeah god damn is this your diary (laughs) chill out but at the elementary school, an officer shows Loomis and Hunt where Michael broke in, leaving a trail of blood from the window to one of the desks. 
Then on the teacher's desk, they find a drawing of a family of four, a knife sticking straight up out of the paper stabbed into the daughter of the family. That's a lot. Yeah. It, so, did Michael I, draw that? That's yeah, what, that's what I was going to say. So did, like, did he go through their work till he found one he liked? Yeah. Or did he draw it? I don't Which know. Was it? Oh, this one only has boys? Damn yeah. that, damn it. We saw him escape... Uh, Smith's Grove right. and he did not stash a drawing into no. his gown <laughs> and so it only makes sense that either he found it here or he fucking drew yeah. it here both of which are, are absurd come on <laughs> it's so much but Loomis looks at it for a moment and says sister the officer then takes them over to the chalkboard Outside, we see a car pulling up, and Marion Chambers, played by Nancy Stevens, gets out. I love seeing her back. Yeah, that was cool. She was in the car with Loomis mm-hmm. in the first one, if you recall. Right. She got her face grabbed. <laughs> yeah, she was sick of his shit. <laughs> she was. In the car. <laughs> <laughs> but on the chalkboard, Michael has written the word Samhain in blood, which Loomis pronounces as Samhain. Yeah, yeah, I was like, oh. That's the only doc. thing I was like, ah, close, <laughs> close but no cigar. You're Dr. Loomis. You should know this shit. Damn it. Um, watch me be pronouncing it wrong and then we look like assholes. (laughs) (laughs) But he says it means the Lord of the Dead, the end of summer, the festival of Samhain is October 31st. Marion walks in and says she has to talk to Loomis and oddly, even though they were just in a car together last night, Loomis says he doesn't recognize her. (laughs) fuck! He said, I I didn't recognize you. He's like, it's been two years. I mean, it's been (laughs) one hour. (laughs) (laughs) But she says that they need to talk privately, so they go into the hall. In the hall, she tells him that he's been ordered back to Smith's Grove by the governor. She basically says, none of this is a good look. His patient escapes, kills three teenagers, Loomis fucking shoots him, and he escapes again. <laughs> How many times did you shoot him? Because yeah. if it's under five, then we it's can, fine. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, damn it, I shot him six times. <laughs> but Loomis says that someone should have listened to him earlier, and Marion agrees and apologizes. Wow. Good. I mean, yeah. good. Yeah. She says Dr. Rogers at Smith's Grove is just worried that this could jeopardize their entire program. Loomis says to tell Dr. Rogers that she couldn't find him because with everything going on, he cannot leave Haddonfield (laughs) right now. But Marion tells him that he doesn't have a choice. There's a marshal waiting for him outside. I was like, God damn. The insults do not stop coming for this dude. No, no, no. She's like, I've brought back (laughs) (laughs) reinforcements. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he's uh, he's being troubled. (laughs) (laughs) But back at the hospital, we see the shape again in 480p making his way <laughs> through the halls on the CCTV. I love that this dude is just doesn't give a shit. Dude, nope. he cares. Uh, yeah, yeah no. Nope. Not at all I'm about gonna wander security. wherever the fuck I want to go. <laughs> and it's funny they only have one security guard. Yeah. He's like I already I already murked him. So. Yeah, I got nothing to worry <laughs> we're about. We're fine. But we're then taken back to Lori's room where Jimmy has once again snuck in. Let her fucking rest, yeah. dude. That was the whole... Th- that's all Nurse Elves wanted. I gotta tell and you. She's, right. she's the bad oh, guy, yeah. by the way. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> sick of this. Yeah. I'm sick of Jimmy's behavior. I'm sick of, you're sick of your shit, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. I'm done. Slipping Jimmy. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not slipping Jimmy at HHM. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> this thing writes itself. But he tells Lori that even though she doesn't know him well, he promises he won't let anything happen to her. What? I do not know. Yeah. Stop. Uh, You're a creep. This is gross. (laughs) But he then realizes that Lori is in a somewhat catatonic state for some reason and alerts Jill, who apparently tells Janet. 
we see Janet going to get Dr. Mixter, but when she enters the room, we see that the room is filled with steam and a shower is running. I was like, what kind of office is this? (laughs) (laughs) My next note was, what kind of hospital is this? (laughs) What the fuck is going on? I mean, that'd be pretty cool to have a shower in your office. I mean, I can see why it would come in handy for a doctor, but this seems like a, let me, I, I need to sober up shower yeah well him especially that's what i'm saying kind of seems like they turned a patient room into a doctor's office yeah (laughs) i mean the the production budget he's just laying in the bed (laughs) (laughs) he's like what's cracking jill (laughs) but she knocks on an adjacent door and lets herself in calling out for dr mixter she sees him seated in his chair with his back to her in the dark good sign yeah we don't we all sit like yeah. that <laughs> yes so we're hanging out of course we we sit like a super villain yeah, <laughs> yeah that means everything's fine everything's pizza. everything's pizza man everything is pizza but in a clear bit of adr janet tells him doctor it's laurie strode she's had a reaction to the medication you better come quick i was like well one of those lines yeah. wasn't spoken on set <laughs> But when he doesn't answer, she turns his chair around to reveal that not only is he dead, but he has a syringe sticking out of his eyeball. Yeah. I was like, God damn. And sidebar, for me, I was like, huh, because minus the syringe, it seems a lot like a scene from Psycho. Oh, it does. Mm. Huh. I'm, I know Carpenter is all about that. Life, yeah. But interesting. But Janet slowly backs away, a light slowly revealing the shape's mask behind her. Beautiful. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's It feels like it, a little nod. It's like yeah. masterful. Yeah. Just like the that uh, door frame scene yeah. Yeah. in Halloween. But he grabs her and readies a syringe, plunging it into her temple and injecting air, I guess, directly into her yeah. brain. Yeah. Fucking hell. Man. I was going to yeah. make a Botox joke, but that's oh. much worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, she falls to the floor dead. I did see on that featurette that I think it's Anna Alicia, the actress who plays Janet. Mm -hmm. When she fell, somebody left a table too close to where she fell and she busted her eye. Of of course she did. And she said blood was everywhere. And she's shouting to Rick Rosenthal. She's like, use it, use it. And he's like, cut. (laughs) (laughs) Just go with it. Yeah. And so they take her to the hospital and she gets, I think, 12 stitches. But... The scene with her getting annoyed by Bud earlier mm-hmm. was filmed after. And so oh, she's got shit. a ton of makeup oh, all right. to cover those stitches. What a trooper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's like, no, just give me an embolism. For yeah. yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> just, It's a real syringe, just, right? <laughs> keep rolling. Yeah. But back in Lori's room, Jimmy tells Jill that he's going to find Nurse Alves. He checks the ladies lounge with no luck running off to look elsewhere. Why are you looking? She's going to get in that ass. Yeah. I would yeah. not be looking. Yeah. She's like, you went in her fucking room again? <laughs> How do you know she's kind of tonic? He's shit. like, Jill, you're going to have to say you found her. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be in a lot of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on my last trip. <laughs> <laughs> but Jill hears a creaking noise and steps into the lobby. Suddenly, the buzzing alarms go off, frightening her. She closes Lori's door and heads down the hall. In POV shots, breathing heavily... the shape makes his way to Lori's door he pushes the door open scalpel in hand stabbing into her bed three times i i have a few things okay first of all while he's here he should just get himself some albuterol (laughs) Uh, it's right behind the yeah right there mike um he was clearly 
not stabbing a person. Oh no. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. <laughs> have you ever killed anyone before, man? <laughs> like, because of course we reveal that Laurie's pulled a, stritcher- a switcheroo with some pillows. Yeah. What do you think he was thinking when he pulled those sheets back? He's like, are you fucking yeah. kidding me? I was stabbing that. No. Yeah. He's like, I play the pranks. Yeah. <laughs> but like, wasn't she catatonic? Oh, yeah. Was that a lie? I don't know. Her injuries and her issues really, yeah, it's no. like very convenient. Like, we need her to not be able to do this right now. But no, she's got to get out of here before Michael yeah. gets here. I don't know. It's like weird to me. The broken ankle bit. Yes. Yeah. She's got the most sometimes very selective (laughs) but we see laurie slowly making her way down the hall using the wall to keep her balance jill returns to find laurie missing and calls out to her on the cctv we see laurie making her way down the hall stumbling into another room and grabbing the telephone and sinking to the floor the shape continues down the hallway in a casual pursuit This is this is when I was thinking about Deborah Hill being like he's too slow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is probably the scene where she said that. I thought he did fine. I yeah. think so too, I mean, man. Like nobody's Nick Castle, but no, I think y'all were just mad. Yeah. yeah. But Lori crawls to put her back against the wall, picking up the phone. When she realizes it doesn't work, she hangs it up and looks out in the hallway, pulling herself across the floor. When she doesn't see Michael, she closes the door behind her and pretty much just curls up into a ball. In the next scene, we see Loomis, Marion, and Hunt leaving the elementary school. Hunt promises that they'll find Michael, but he and Loomis realize that they have no idea where to even look. Loomis gets into the car with Marion and Marshall Terrence Gamal, played by John Zenda. Hunt watches as they speed away. Back at the hospital, Jill rushes to the security desk for Garrett, but only finds his hat. <laughs> <laughs> Makes the sure. Yeah, it's fine. We, we pan down to once again see 480p Michael <laughs> totally disregarding the security yeah. cameras. <laughs> Doesn't give a fuck. Just no. fucking walking straight down the hall. He opens a door and heads inside, which Jill hears. We then see her leave the counter and head down the hall, which is the same hall from the CCTV. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She hears a noise behind one of the doors and opens it. A hand reaches out from behind and grabs her by the shoulder, but it's Jimmy. We should have known he's grabbing, you know, fucking predator. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking predator. I don't like him. No, he's not good. But he tells her that everybody's gone, but they need to find Lori. In the shadows, we see the shape slide into frame like, Lori, you say? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Literally. A man-shaped shadow. Yes. Michael really lucked out because he couldn't have asked for a dumber staff. No, dude. Like, they were waiting for him. Turn your head 30 degrees. (laughs) (laughs) And you will see a man. Have periphery vision. Peripheral vision. It's like when Frank was hiding in the couch. (laughs) Yeah. There's clearly a fucking man behind. There's a man in that couch. Michael Myers is an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) But Jimmy tells her to check the East Wing, and if she doesn't find anybody, get in her car and drive to the sheriff's station to bring someone back. She reluctantly agrees, and they split up with a lingering shot of the shape silhouette. He's like, I can't believe they didn't <laughs> see me. <laughs> that was the funniest shit. He looked, I was like, what the yeah. fuck? He's like, I'm not even trying anymore. Yeah. He's, yeah. Dude, he's seriously. right there. He's like, dude, I've been giving it an A for effort all night. <laughs> right, I'm done. That's unbelievable. I'm trying to get caught. Yeah. <laughs> you guys that's don't know this. Yeah. That's y'all's fault. But Jimmy heads down a hallway calling out for anybody. He heads into a surgery suite and finds Nurse Alves on an operating table with an IV in her arm drained of every drop of blood. 
uh, this is bullshit. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, was this in Lori's dream? The dripping blood. Did yeah. You, did you hear that shit? Yeah. I'm like, are you fucking? I'm yeah. so- <laughs> now the crab zap machine. Yeah. Now, now Lori's psychic. That makes okay. sense. Uh, I don't know, dude. I'm assuming because, well, I, I didn't know if the blood. We'll talk in a bit. I'm mad. We'll talk in a bit. I did. When I saw the amount of blood, I'm like, I'm not a doctor, but yeah. looks like a lot. <laughs> she going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she's going to make it, folks. <laughs> the funny thing is they said that they originally filmed this with, it was like gallons of blood. Damn. And then after Rick Rosenthal saw them set it up, he's like, there's not that much blood <laughs> yeah, in the human body. what the fuck? <laughs> so there's a fucking shining. Real it. <laughs> God damn. And so they were pissed, but they had to clean it up and redo it. Yeah, wow. But Come good. on. That's yeah. <laughs> but Jimmy turns around to exit stage left and slips in the pool of blood, falling right on his back, knocking himself unconscious. Oh, I thought he was dead or something. I was like, what happened? Yeah, he, oh, he yeah. looks dead. He, he goes dead. out immediately. Yeah. Well, in all, his eyes flutter a little, and we kind of get an overhead shot to really sell how pathetic this yeah. is. Yeah. No, and the fall was super slapstick. Yeah. It was. Like, I was like... Both his legs went up. That was fucking hilarious. <laughs> I was like, is this Buster Keaton? Like, yeah. what the fuck is going on? But uh, I read that he did that stunt himself. Oh, shit, I dude. I bet he fucked him. Like, oh, yeah. that looked very painful there's no way that felt good oh no but we then see jill bailing out of the building and rushing to her car in the parking lot i guess she didn't find anything in the east wing (laughs) she's like fuck Fuck but when she reaches her car she gets inside and tries to start it it's a slasher so of course the engine will not turn over and she gets out of the car and sees that not only will it not start but all four of her tires have been slashed he wasn't taking any chances no and he really wasn't (laughs) because she retreats back toward the hospital noticing that all the vehicles in the parking lot have had their tires slashed (laughs) he was very busy god damn nobody's getting out of here in a car no there's like when were you killing garrett (laughs) are there two michaels was ben tramer no (laughs) but me i'm like I guess we're walking to the sheriff's yeah. station. I, yeah. I'm not fucking going back in there. No. no yeah. Are you insane? <laughs> and apparently Michael proved that Haddonfield is quite walkable. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> I'm just, just saying. Just it, man. Yeah. Fuck. But back inside, we see Lori still on the floor, slinking her way into the hallway outside of the room she was hiding in. She stands and starts to walk away, but Jill calls out to her from the end of the hall. Lori appears to be a little loopy, so maybe it wasn't completely bullshit. Mm-hmm. I guess. But she doesn't really respond to Jill, so Jill calls out to her again. When Lori turns around, she sees Jill, but behind her is the shape. Scalpel in hand, he stabs Jill in the back, lifting her off the ground with ease. <laughs> I'm laughing at myself because I wrote, man, that... <laughs> oh, God. I wrote, that scalpel is strong as fuck. Oh, that's not <laughs> right. <laughs> man, his shoulder blades are fucking killing it. Well... I mean, that scalpula yeah, is strong yeah. as fuck. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah it's everybody. the scalpula and the scalpel. Yeah, when we just talking about AMP? <laughs> <laughs> I was just really into the movie, I think. God damn. <laughs> no, I, I thought her shoes falling off was the funny part. Yeah. <laughs> Again, that's a comedic beat. Yeah, I was it like, is. damn. And there was someone on the featurette, I forgot who what her name was, but she said that she came up with that and she was like, I'm so glad I got that joke in. She oh called it a joke. My. So it was meant to be a joke. Yeah, we didn't need that. No. <laughs> but yeah, her- What sh- is happening? Yeah. Her fucking nurse clogs yeah, hit the floor. Clogs, come like, on. 
and then her body soon follows, yeah. which I guess is less funny, but <laughs> Lori takes off running with the shape in pursuit. She pulls a gurney to block the hallway and runs down a staircase to a lower floor. We get the iconic low angled shot of Michael in pursuit heading down the stairs. There are no stair holes here. No. No. We were all very disappointed. (laughs) Zero out of 10 stair holes. (laughs) But Lori runs into some kind of maintenance area and accidentally backs into the hanging corpse of Garrett, the security guard. Poor Paul Blart. Mall corpse. (laughs) (laughs) But Michael rounds the corner, blocking her only exit. With nowhere to run, Lori climbs up a pipe and escapes out of a window as Michael swipes at her with a scalp. (laughs) <laughs> the scalpula. <laughs> <laughs> she crashes into a stack of boxes in the next room and just keeps going. She then finds an elevator and frantically presses the call button. Of course, it takes its own sweet ass time. Michael's slowly catching up to her. Yeah, you're lucky he doesn't run. Yeah, yeah dude. He's like, man, you better not be there in 30 yeah. seconds. Cause <laughs> you're fine. Oh, yeah. No, that's against the rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the door finally opens and she backs into the elevator with her back against the wall. Michael reaches out with the scalpel, the door closing on his hand, but he then he just kind of just lets her go. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like he let you have that yeah. one. Yeah, he didn't want her that bad. And no. why did you use the opposite hand to try to stop that elevator? Your left hand oh, was free. Why right. did you grab it? Hold to, it up. Yeah. yeah. He was like, this is too fun. Yeah. I'm not done yet. Then I'll get you after class. Yeah. <laughs> but Lori gets off the elevator on the first floor and runs into the parking lot. She finds a nearby car has its doors unlocked, so she climbs into the passenger's side and hides on the floor. She pokes her head out looking for Michael, but sees nothing. And to peek out, you got to show your yeah. whole fucking oh, yeah. hair, uh, your forehead. Your whole wig. and Your <laughs> whole fucking wig. What if we just had like antennas that our eyes were up top and we could really just peek over i'm i'm gonna go out uh, on a limb here Nay, and say that i'm not it's not worth making that change yeah. <laughs> just to look out of a car yeah. sometimes <laughs> one, time, one time i told john paul wouldn't it be great if after every kid you had you had another set of arms and he was like no hey, what the uh, fuck? i'm okay no That's nobody right. would ever have kids okay so my um genetic no. evolution that i'm pitching it's a no no you're okay, not allowed I'll go, I'll go back to the drawing board i don't want you in the medical field at all <laughs> <laughs> frankly <laughs> science is out too it just shows you i mean just <laughs> science is out too none of it, yeah. none of it nothing no. but like you have to expose a lot to be yeah. able to see and for me personally i don't know why she didn't just run just keep running yeah. uh because her ankle's broken sometimes mm, yeah. <laughs> that's true <laughs> You're telling me the adrenaline's not healing that ankle? And I it should have. Man, if only she had eyes in her ankle, right? <laughs> That's right. If only she had an extra set of ankles. There oh, we go. Genius. <laughs> in the next scene, we s- I'm stuck on the extra arms, man. Uh, what are you, Goro? What the fuck? <laughs> I think my logic was one pair can be holding the baby. Another pair can be, you know, making a bottle or... You know, changing another child's diaper. I don't know. But, you know, we all need more hands. The listeners can't hear this, but I'm just staring at you (laughs) blankly in pure judgment. (laughs) Edit all of this out. No, it's staying in. I was a lot younger when I had that idea. And I see. What were you? Were you 30? (laughs) Were you 29? I was like 23. (laughs) I see the error in it now. I don't want to be Goro. I just wanted to get more done. Good Lord. (laughs) 
can we move on in the next yeah. scene <laughs> we see the marshals speeding past the haddonfield memorial sign that michael used to guide his way earlier loomis and marion sit in the back seat and loomis is being passive as fuck he's like should have listened earlier marion apologizes again and he's like oh don't apologize to me <laughs> apologize to that town back there it'll be years before they forget this i'm like loomis yeah. loomis is like don't be sorry bitch be yeah. better <laughs> but this is when marion tells him that there's something he should know before he finds that out though he launches into an explanation of the writing on the blackboard yeah he says in order to appease the gods druid priests held fire rituals burning animals criminals and the insane alive in baskets the marshal looks back in the rear view like, holy shit, yeah. dude. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Loomis says by observing the way they died, they believed they could see omens of the future. He says 2,000 years later, they haven't come any further. He says Sam Hain isn't the evil spirits, goblins, ghosts, or witches. It's the unconscious mind. He says we're all afraid of the darkness inside ourselves. The marshal's like, I'm going to go to the store. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is when Marion breaks in, telling him about the secret file on Michael Myers that was sealed by the court after his parents were killed. I was like, after his parents were killed? Yeah. Yeah, what? I was like, That's news to me already. Yeah. What the fuck is going on? This is the type of shit that pisses me off. Yeah, it's a lot. This is an exposition dump. It's yeah. so annoying. In the third Actual act. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, there's this one file that you never got right, to this see. one time. If, I, and if <laughs> you can believe yeah. it. <laughs> it's a file once again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a no from me, no. but continue. She says, after the governor heard about tonight's events, he allowed Dr. Rogers to open it. Loomis, again, he's like, what the fuck are you talking yeah. about? Marion says, it's unfair, and they should have allowed Loomis to see everything. Then she says it. Lori Strode is Michael Myers' sister. No, she's not. <laughs> yeah, <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, let me get through this spiel. I'm and then sorry. Go ahead. We'll uh, rip it apart. But... <laughs> okay good because <laughs> god damn it's a yikes for me yeah marion says that she was born two years before michael killed his sister judith and after their parents died Lori was adopted by the strodes the strodes asked for the file to be sealed to protect the family loomis pieces it together that's what he's doing back in haddonfield he killed one sister 15 years ago and now he's coming back to kill the other one what mm-hmm. yeah so Lori was two Mm-hmm. Right. Where the fuck was she? People are saying that she must have been in the car with the Myers. No, she wasn't. No, she wasn't. <laughs> She's like in a fucking car seat and they're yeah. like, Michael. Not- <laughs> and we Not- crane out, but don't see her yeah. in the car. Not in fucking what year would that have to be? 70. No, she no, was in the fucking 50s. 50 yeah. years before. Yeah. Well, you know, that baby was fucking free balling it on the dashboard or she would have been. Stop it. I forgot that Laurie Strode. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it. You ever see Mad Men? They were playing in dry cleaning bags. Yeah, they were. (laughs) That baby was not in a car seat in the back. You ever see Mad Men? (laughs) That's not. That's where I get my history. Yeah, me too. I don't know anything about the 60s except what Don Draper went through. (laughs) (laughs) But I got to say, according to an interview with comicbook.com, Carpenter said that this sibling storyline all happened because of NBC. NBC bought the TV rights to Halloween, Mm -hmm. but the original film wasn't long enough, so they needed to add eight minutes of reshoots. 
one of the scenes that he had to add was a carving in Michael's cell with the word sister carved into a door. That is where they got the launching off point to incorporate the sibling storyline into Halloween 2. He murdered his sister. Yeah. Exactly. A one sister. He had yeah. one sister and he killed her. Maybe he's feeling bad. Maybe that's why he took her tombstone. Maybe, you know, I mean, you don't, it, doesn't have, it doesn't have anything to do with Laurie Strode, no. dude. And Carpenter said, this is, this is awful. I'm glad. Just, just let her be the girl that got away. Yes. Yes. That's it. The that's, thing, it. that's enough like, motivation. I, th- I think it's <laughs> scary enough if it's just because she was the girl that dropped that off at the house. Yeah. And he saw and then he's just that's obsessed. It. Yeah. yeah. But it makes no fucking sense that if he is, if he is only here to kill his sister, why did he go to the Wallace's house to kill Annie? Why is he fucking walking yeah. in like between alleyways, not eating dogs and killing yeah. <laughs> and killing a girl on the phone? Like, wouldn't he just go? He would be driven straight make to the a hospital. Yeah. yeah, and then no, uh, if he's a killing machine, like you said, right? Yeah. Why isn't he just killing fucking the, the ham sandwich lady? Yeah. yeah. I don't. I believe that was her Christian name. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's Mrs. Ham yeah. Sandwich. To you. And so obviously the dream was her, I by the way. Yeah, which come the fuck. Okay, even if, <laughs> even, well, well, hold on. Who fucking took her to go see him? It the woman that's been. like, I'm not your yeah. mother. Yeah. The, the woman who had the files sealed with her yeah. husband. But if you had the files sealed for the well-being of Lori. You would never. Why would you be like, bitch, I'm not your mom? Like, <laughs> that makes no that's sense. That's what I was going to say. Would, why talk to her like that? <laughs> that makes yeah. no what? fucking sense. Look, I, I know people who have adopted children and have been adopted. They would never in a million years say that shit to their no. kid. No. <laughs> that and then, that and then, was the cruelest yeah. thing I've ever heard. It was awful. And then... Even if Dr. Loomis hadn't read that file, if he's the one taking care of Michael, wouldn't he be like, why is a child visiting him? Wouldn't he remember, oh, a little girl from Hadwell. Yeah. I wonder if that's the same. Like, this, is all, this is all fucking stupid. It this is. is very dumb to me. I don't like it at all. I And I, it's been retconned in David Gordon Green's Halloween. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's because, not just because of, you know, the lodged just a logical idea it, of it, it right. makes no sense. but because carpenter was also on board with that film okay so maybe he's like i'll come but we need to fix something but the interesting thing is that this one because he said that he wrote it drunk carpenter this scene yes. and he said that you know he hates it he says it's awful. He actually called this film an abomination. Wow. And That's a lot. Yeah. Is he Dr. Loomis? No, he's, yeah. he's, he's us doing all the hyperbole. <laughs> but it's nuts to me that the thing that he hates the most, which is Michael basically being driven by family, mm-hmm. became one of the biggest things that the series is known for. Not just in this film, four, five, six. Yeah, you that's know. what I was like. I just knew. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's he's, he came for his sister. Even H2O. And then, yes. So, I mean, it's right. it's it's a lot. Yeah, it's, yeah I don't know. <laughs> I, I just accepted it as fact. And now that I'm older, I'm like, that makes no, no yeah, fucking no. sense. That makes no sense. Like I said, I was like, wow, that's really fucking You're like, stupid. You're like, can, <laughs> yeah. can we just get back to killing people? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I, I, I didn't enjoy that at <laughs> all. <laughs> or this or and i was like come on like you said the file i'm like stop yeah. stop it and then the drawing yeah <laughs> the drawings a lot i think that's where they lost me and also i also am not a big fan of the Samhain stuff i you know what now that you're talking about it 
I didn't. That didn't even really sink in. Yeah. With me. yeah. I was just like, Doctor Loomis is just being Loomis. Yeah. Well, it didn't even. It didn't even really. Fucking Michael is going. He's either finding or drawing pictures, yeah. <laughs> and then he's writing on the wall. Sure. Like I just, yeah. I just, I don't like that at all. And I, I get why Carpenter's like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. He's like, this was written by my friend Jack <laughs> Daniels. <laughs> But this is when Loomis asks where Lori was taken and finds out that she's at Haddonfield Memorial. He asks the marshal if he knows where the hospital is, and he does. He asks them to take them there, but the marshal says he can't because he has orders. This is when Loomis whips out his gun and puts it to the marshal's neck, telling him to turn the car around. When he refuses, Loomis is like, what do you fellas do? Fire a warning shot? Kapow! Yeah. He shoots yeah. out the window. And the marshal pulls the most violent U-turn I've ever seen. You know Dr. Loomis always keep that thing on him? Yeah, I just, that was so overkill. Yeah. It was. Shooting the window. But it's so in character for, yeah. for Halloween 2's Loomis. <laughs> but back at the hospital, Lori sits on the floor of the car still. She sees a shadow move across the front of the vehicle and the driver's side door opens and Jimmy sits down. He tries to start the car and Lori calls out to him. He's not frightened to see her. I don't I don't yeah. think he feels anything about yeah. anything. That's fair. He he looks at her. He tells her, he's like, look, everything's pizza and we're going to get out of here. He goes, what is he? Is he, He's concussed, right? Oh, yeah. Like he's he's fucked. Yeah. yeah. That's why I said everything's pizza slowly. Yeah. <laughs> everything's, everything's pizza. pizza. But he goes to start the car again, and the engine sputters. Clearly concussed, his eyes flutter again. He says, I think, uh, and then just passes out, his head hitting the steering wheel and causing the horn to blare into the night. Way to fucking go, Jimmy. Seriously. After quick shots of the entrances, Lori pushes Jimmy back into the driver's seat and tries to start the car herself. When it's a total bust, she falls out of the car and just crawls on the ground. I'm like, what are you, the bride from Kill Bill? I think I was <laughs> just <laughs> fixing to say that. Yeah, Why did she go all toe. Kill Bill? I, was like, I, I don't know. know. <laughs> Use them sticks, Lori. You were just doing yeah. it. You were just walking, I'm dude. so confused. It's, I'm telling you, it's very... Oh, we don't want to work right now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, I don't have an ankle. Like, yeah. I don't. It's so weird. But just then, the marshal's car pulls into the parking lot. Loomis asks the marshal if he can trust him because he might need his help inside. And he was going to fucking tie his hands. (laughs) He's like, I don't want to have to make you cuff yourself. So, (laughs) but the marshal reluctantly agrees and the three of them get out of the car. Lori struggles to call out to them. But as soon as they get inside and the door closes, her voice returns and she screams, help me. Very selective. Yeah. Yeah. Now (laughs) she never had a problem with her voice before. No. I'm very confused by this. But once inside, Loomis directs traffic, telling the marshal, because he's in charge, you know. Yeah. (laughs) He tells the marshal to check all the rooms. When the marshal looks hesitant for a moment, Loomis whips out his gun and forcefully orders him. (laughs) Marion is like, Dr. Loomis. Yeah. (laughs) And and he says to her, he's like, you come with me and shut up. Yeah. I was like, that's a little out of line, Sam. (laughs) The gator ain't fucking around. (laughs) (laughs) Gator don't play play that that shit. shit. But in the parking lot, Lori makes it to her feet and limps for the door. So her ankle's like, all right, I'm back. Yeah. Yeah. Off in the distance, the shape appears under a red light. Great shot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Of course, the Halloween theme starts to play and he slowly approaches. Lori bangs on the door, screaming for help in a sequence very reminiscent of the first film. Yeah. And Loomis is able to open the door to let her inside just in time. They cower into the hall with Marion as Loomis again draws his gun. 
the shape fucking Kool-Aid man's through yeah. the glass. I <laughs> laughed out loud. Yeah. He's like, really a fucking door? You think this is going to do anything? It makes me laugh because like he's opened so many doors tonight. Yeah. Why hasn't he just been doing this? He's showing out. He's showing out. Like, this is my last hurrah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like, this guy really has it out yeah. for me. Oh, yeah. I need to scare him a little bit more. <laughs> but as the glass shatters, the music goes crazy. As it should, because it's like, holy yeah. shit. <laughs> but Loomis puts four rounds into Michael's chest, and he collapses to the floor, seemingly dead. The marshal approaches, but Loomis tells him to stop. He's like, he is still breathing. So the marshal backs off, and then Loomis orders Marion to radio into Hunt. And the marshal's like, but that's my radio. Yeah. Shut up. No shit. Now yeah. is not the time. You go get a net. Someone yeah. put a net over Good this Lord. fucking dude. Thankfully, he remembers that Loomis does keep that thing on him. Yes. And he's like, no, go ahead. No, it's fine. It's <laughs> like, fine. You got it, boss. My radio is your radio. <laughs> but as Loomis comforts Lori, the marshal leans down to check on Michael against Loomis's protest. And of course, Michael springs back to life, grabbing the marshal and slitting his throat. Said sight. <laughs> yeah, he he tried to tell you. He, he did. did. And th- Get you away. Had no, you yeah. had no reason to be all in his face like you're about to give him no. out to And you just seen this dude crash through the door. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and even if he's dead, I'm sorry. Fuck yeah, him. No, Who fuck gives a no. shit? You don't even know that dude. No. Yeah. But Michael rises up once again in pursuit of Loomis and Lori, who run off down an adjacent hallway. They find a surgery suite, not the one that Olives was in. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And they hide in there. Outside, Marion radios in, telling them that they've found Michael Myers and to get their asses down here. Inside the suite, Loomis keeps watch at the window and Lori backs into the corner and sinks to the floor. Once Michael enters the next room and starts banging on the door of the surgery suite, Loomis hands Lori what I'm assuming is the marshal's gun. I, yeah. Right. I guess he grabbed it on his way out and he's like, you won't be needing this. <laughs> he won't. But Lori won't take it and so he sets it at her feet. Michael breaks down the door and Loomis readies his gun. He points it in Michael's face and click. He's out. Michael stabs Loomis in the stomach with a scalpel and he collapses into surgical equipment. No! No! I did read that Donald Pleasance did that stunt himself. Damn! I was like, God damn, dude. You're... God damn. You did that shit. Mm -hmm. But Michael then sets his sight on Lori. As he begins to advance on her, she calls out his name and he stops for a moment, tilting his head before continuing on. We love the head tilt. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. This is when Lori grabs the gun, shooting him twice, once in each of his eyes. He grabs for his face as blood runs down the eye holes of his mask. Poor Mike, man. Poor Mike. Poor Mike. <laughs> he's all blind and shit now. He's just, well, I mean, you got to slow him down somehow. He's, he's fucking walking through doors. He's just to talk to his sister. He's just he's, that's not his sister. And he's like, there's two problems with yeah. that sentence. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. No, you're right. He just wants to talk to her. You're still Again, not good. Yeah. I just want to call out the great visual of the blood running down the mask. Yes. Yeah. That looks very cool. Oh, yeah. I think I read that they had like a blood pack in the forehead of the mask. That makes that makes sense. And then they had it run down. It's just it's well done. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know exactly when it is. If it's when she's talking to him or when. She shoots him, mm-hmm. but Dr. Loomis is like on the ground still and he peeks over at them. Like it's almost <laughs> like he was playing dead. I don't know. It was, just, it was well, really funny to me. He learned from the best. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. He's like, what's going what's on? Like it, it just looked really funny. But Michael is shot in both his eyes. Remember this? Yes. But he just staggers back, mm-hmm. covering his eyes and swinging his scalpel blindly. 
I, I love this, first of all, because the sound, it almost sounds like the gun blade on Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, it does. But um, Dick Warlock hates this. Why? I don't know. He said that it, he, I think he called it stupid. Well, he probably got bullied for doing it. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Deborah Hill's like, I can't believe he swung like that. <laughs> but uh, he says people come up to him at conventions and say that's their favorite part. And he's like, I hate it. I'm like, why? That yeah. that bums me out because it's. I, I think it's I good. think it's great. Yeah. But Loomis, as we've determined, still alive, is able to twist the valve on a canister of ether, filling the room with flammable gas. Lori does the same thing on her side of the room as Michael continues to swing at nothing. He's like, what the fuck is yeah. going on? <laughs> you guys farting in here? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to kill you? What the fuck? <laughs> it's fucking rude. <laughs> <laughs> But Loomis whispers to himself that Michael is an animal and yells for Lori to get out. She rushes for the door, running into the hallway outside. Loomis pulls Hunt's lighter from his jacket and says, It's time, Michael. He lights the lighter, exploding the room with him and Michael inside, the blast sending flames and debris into the hallway. Pour one out for Dr. Loomis. Mm -hmm. He's a real one. That was so sad. He didn't do that stunt. Good. Uh, we're sad to see him go, but honestly, if you're thinking about it as like a conclusion, it's it's brilliant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he went out with a bang. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Like a blaze it, of glory. Yeah. 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 He, he exploded. He mm-hmm. is, yes. He's in several pieces. <laughs> 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 I, I feel bad saying that because I love Dr. Lewis so too. much. <laughs> I, we, we should cut that. But <laughs> Lori cowers behind equipment as the fire rages behind her. Through the flames, we see the shape engulfed in fire, marching toward Lori before collapsing to the ground. I'd be like, are you fucking yeah. kidding me? I was like, Jesus, like, yeah, there's no way. What did I do? What the fuck? <laughs> now, before, all we had was a Michael Myers. Now we have a flaming yeah. Michael Myers. Uh-huh. We're fucked. The, the crazy thing is that this was also Dick Warlock. Oh, my oh, God. Nice. Yeah. He was the stunt coordinator for the film on top of playing Michael Myers. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You said he was a stuntman. Mm-hmm. That. God damn. Yeah. And I think they he said they filmed this twice. Uh, the first. <laughs> that that was fun. Oh, yeah. They, he burned himself. This is obvious. But he, he burned himself only because the sleeves were connected by a zipper. Mm-hmm. And so where the zipper was, it, oh my yeah, god, it heated up very, very hot. Well, well, yeah, yeah. It's, it's on yeah, yeah, it was very warm. <laughs> it got a little, <laughs> it got a little toasty. Yeah. So he said that he burned his forearms, but outside of that, he was fine. Jeez. But in a very tight shot, we see his mask burn. That morning, the police sort through the mess of a scene, counting ten bodies so far in their search. The media, of course surrounds Lori, who Marion is pushing in a wheelchair toward an ambulance. An EMT helps her into the ambulance. Sidebar, a newsman is like, she's now being assisted out of the wheelchair into the ambulance. I'm like, calm down. Good Lord. The play-by-play. Yeah, it's a a lot. But once Lori's inside the ambulance, they drive away through the fog of the Haddonfield morning. Inside the ambulance, Lori stares off, Michael's flaming mask burning forever into her memory. Before I ask the customary question, I do want to call out the original ending of the film, which was behind Lori in the ambulance. You see a body covered in a sheet lurch up like Michael Myers. Oh, shit. And when she's a f- just fucking frightened, mm-hmm. the sheet falls down and it's Jimmy. No, 
no. Yeah. yeah. No, thank you. That was the original ending. That's and like then, oh. funny. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> But um, Rick Rosenthal sent it to them with that ending. And then when he saw it for the first time, he saw it ended with the mask and Lori. And he's like, oh, I guess they changed it. It's oh, like, yeah. wow. Of course. Oh. He, didn't even- he didn't know. <laughs> but they're like, yeah, Rick, we'll do that. We're fucking cutting yeah. that, right? <laughs> you guys right. all hate Don't that, do right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone hates that ending, right? <laughs> The, ma- the burning mask is yeah. infinitely it's, it's better. Great. And of course, Mr. Sandman yeah, begins to play. Say, yeah. the music. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. But as that music plays, the credits roll. So what did you guys think of Halloween 2? I know I said it at the beginning and I'll say it again. I really enjoyed this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of problems with it. And the whole brother sister thing was really stupid. <laughs> and some of the stuff didn't make sense. And you know, what I mean? but yeah. I think I enjoy this version of Michael Myers. Not giving a shit, you see me or not, I'm going to kill everybody here. Mm-hmm. So go somewhere else. Oh, yeah. He's, you know not, I mean? he's not hiding behind bushes. No. Oh, no. He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. No. He's not stealing cars and sitting <laughs> off in the distance. He's like, I'm here. You're he dead. Like, I already started. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I already killed your friend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this Michael would have just killed him in broad daylight. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just... I. I, I have opinions, but of course yeah. I asked the question. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I mean, I agree. I feel like you can even chalk that up to, yeah, he's more emboldened because, you know, he already did the stealthy shit and yeah. now it's go time and he didn't finish. So now he's going to finish right. and he doesn't give a fuck. I can even almost forgive that as a kind of ramping up situation. Mm-hmm. The humor was kind of weird. To <laughs> yeah. Me. yeah. Um, just because, I mean, I know there was some humor in Halloween, but it felt very different right. than what we got in Halloween too. That is true. I didn't care about anybody, with the exception of Bud. He was funny, but you know, you care about her friends, or oh, her friends yeah. kind of have personalities. You have Jimmy the fucking creeper. You have these <laughs> nurses that are pretty fucking interchangeable, except yeah. you see one of their tits. It's the only difference. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I don't. Well, you see both of them. I didn't know. <laughs> you see one nurse's both tits. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just didn't care about any of them, with the exception of how they treated Mrs. Alves, right. because she was trying to do her job. Yeah. Um, if this were the ending, which I know it was supposed to be, I feel like it would have been a good ending. Mm-hmm. I mean, continuing it right from where the first one left off, and having this just be one fucking awful night, it's a decent slasher and it's a good sequel if you ignore, you know, stupid shit like um, her selective injuries right. and uh, <laughs> that, the wig. Um, yeah, that's harder to ignore. Yeah. It's harder to ignore. The one thing that I have no excuse for and I just can't get past is the sibling thing. Yeah. yeah. That's the one. Everything else, I'm like, okay, but you know, this, it's, it's fine. Right. That, that nicked it for me Mm -hmm. but go ahead (laughs) no i i agree i i feel like i mean it's it's difficult because to me of course this is not a perfect film no but it's fine that's that's the thing is that it is very fun yeah it it's because of that double feature it's going to be one that i watch forever for sure like it's never falling out of my rotation as long as I've got it, let's say about it. All right. I don't know. Why am I getting defensive? You can take it out of my <laughs> yeah. cold dead hands. I'm just holding a Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I mean, it's funny to me because the thing that JP, 
made you like it more mm-hmm. made me like it less because this is hashtag not my Michael. <laughs> well, no, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I, I like the suspense, the slinking, the shadow. And right. while there is some of that. Uh-huh. I just feel like he really became like your standard slasher villain. Right. And, and he did. And yeah, I, yeah. I much prefer that. Uh, maybe there was, I feel like there was like a, a class classiness to Halloween. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Halloween too was like, you remember that classy thing well, we did? He, nah. he felt more like a mystery. Yeah, in the yeah, first for one. sure. And now, like I said, in this just one, a killing machine. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. just I don't give a fuck. He's just walking on sunshine, well, killing people. You say again? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, sunshine. he didn't give a fuck. No. no, he didn't. And you're so right about the mystery aspect because in this one, they're like, we're cracking open secret files. Yeah, yes. yeah like we're telling your whole goddamn yeah. story. <laughs> it's just, and it's the thing. And I hate to always bring this up, but it's the thing about Rob Zombie's Halloween that pisses me off. The mystery is way scarier than any story you can tell. Yeah. Yoblins had a great quote where he said, Halloween was more about the theater of the mind. Mm-hmm. It's what you think could, has, or did happen. Yeah. Is way scarier than me showing everything to you. Right. Yeah, that's true. And I, I just, I think that's where, when it comes to suspense and slashers mm-hmm. i'm way more halloween 78 oh i i agree yeah i i still feel like it's fun and like i said i feel like you can read it as the hunt's over now he's he's i'm coming to finish it right like i did the slinky shit i did the hiding shit <laughs> well you he's like know that, I'm yeah. here. he's like that didn't work, that right. didn't work. <laughs> it's too late you now, seen me. Yeah. Here come. now Take we're two. kool-aid manning through doors <laughs> yeah. i no longer give a fuck right and we've all had those days where we've yeah. cooled. <laughs> <laughs> but i guess that brings us to ratings <laughs> i feel like on the positive side stylistically it feels like carpenter in a lot of ways Mm-hmm. you've got dean cundy with these really neat shots mm-hmm. the lighting is fantastic oh, yeah it is this movie has really great it lighting looks great yeah yeah and i do enjoy like they do have the you know milder quiet suspenseful moments right that feel like the first film mm-hmm. i think any film you get loomis strode and myers together I'm there. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. And I would say that Dr. Loomis is like the shining star. <laughs> he absolutely is. In this entire movie. He should but is he top bill in this? Because if he's not, he should have been. If I'm not mistaken, when I when I saw the opening credits, their names are put together, but I think Jamie Lee Curtis's name is slightly higher than his. Well, he was the star. Yeah, yeah he was. <laughs> For yeah. me, he was. And but that leads me to my negatives, which is the handling of Laurie Strode's character. Yeah. yeah. This I look. I Bud was funny and all, but I could give two fucks about the hospital staff. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. None of yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I care so much about Laurie and what she's going through. She's mm-hmm. been through a lot. She was our final girl. Right. She was, and to piggyback on that. She's just passive the whole film. Yeah. yeah. She's Sometimes laying she's in a just... bed. She's stumbling around. She gets saved by Dr. Loomis. She's sleeping. She's <laughs> asleep. <laughs> like, I just, I can't. It, it, it really bothers me. And you get Jamie Lee Curtis back. Right. User. And she, but... from what I heard, she was excited to be back. Yeah. And this is what you did? She's yeah. like, I'm in, I'm in bed for most yeah. of <laughs> Hell yeah, I'll do that. Fuck. <laughs> Easiest work of my yeah. life. But I also... 
am very disheartened by the attempt to copy the people who copied Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like it would have been way better. And it would have been more of like, a, you know what? This is our style. This is what Halloween is. Right. Yeah. Um, you guys can do what you like and it's good, but that's not Halloween for, you know. Right. The sibling bit. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> if you... <laughs> If you listen to last week, that's the bird yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of this film for me. And it really, really, really is not, it does not work for me. Um, and again, it's just, uh, it's not my Michael. But I do, I mean, I do love this film. I will watch it in a couple months when it's Halloween again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do my double feature. I hope Carpenter's not mad at me yeah. for watching it. <laughs> <laughs> but all of that to say, out of 10 of the bloodiest eyes. <laughs> we did blackest eyes last time. Yeah. And now they're bloody. I'm going to give Halloween 2 7.5 of the bloodiest eyes out of 10. I gave the original Halloween a 10. Mm-hmm. This one for me, it has a lot of its DNA, but then it really, really, really did some things that don't just don't sit right with me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but um, I will now open the floor to you. So, I know I said that I like this one maybe a little better than the first one, mm-hmm. and I do. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to change your mind. Yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that was about. Well, I I do understand what you mean with the first one, mm-hmm. and I and I did say that it sucks that they had to compete and copy what was going on, but. I think the fun this movie is and then him just like fucking everybody up. <laughs> I was like, this is great. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think that, it just, but it just appeals to the the slasher fan in me. I don't, right. and and the hell, that helped with giving the, the uh, hospital workers, like not really giving a shit about them. Because you don't care. Yeah, oh, yeah. you're going to die. Yeah. Fuck you. Who They're cares? just the body count. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, that whole group, Fuck you're em. dead. <laughs> yeah, you're gone. Um, and then he didn't eat any puppies in this movie. So <laughs> a, I was that's like, That's a point yes. on its own. <laughs> I was like, Thank you. I, I, <laughs> I allowed myself to look over that because I was like, well, Loomis was really just speculating. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no proof. Yeah. Yeah. We never saw him chew the dog. <laughs> right. <laughs> but continue. I'm yeah. sorry. No, but in Loomis too. God damn, he's great. He's oh, so yeah. Great. He's just fucking straight turned up and he's just there action and he's fucking six times it's amazing right tell him again yes <laughs> fuck um there is a lot of problems the the sibling bit is really stupid i i, I won't even lie that like i said when i seen the or when the dream sequence happened or whatever i was like that's fucking dumb <laughs> i was like you could have cut all that shit out oh yeah we didn't need any of that there is things that are dumb, but I feel like the movie is so fun. <laughs> I I can overlook that. And I didn't watch it as much as you guys did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you are right that that's all everybody says. Oh, he's trying to kill his sister and he's this and that. Yeah. But if but watching this now, I'm like if that's what you went with, you're that's dumb cuz <laughs> that makes no sense. That's the, the leaving her as the one who got away is enough. That's yeah. enough motivation. And like you said, that's scarier. Way so scarier. You, you don't get it, it's not like what well, he has a drive. He wants to kill his family. No, you're just some random girl that he didn't get to finish the job with. Now I have to kill you. Look at all these people that I killed trying to get to you. Mm-hmm. I'm fixing to fuck you up. 
That's a and she was two when he left. Why yeah, does he want to kill a what baby? Does it matter? I don't know, yeah, dude. that's so dumb. Confused. And, and how do you even know what she looks like now? So that's my. Oh, man. I I think that's my thing is that I think what they're trying to do with the Samhain stuff is to say that Michael Myers is basically evil like reborn in some way so his parents he's were, almost, were evil his parents were witches and are what bad witches and, yeah sorry and you know what i mean <laughs> i don't know if it's supposed to be like witchcraft to where he's drawn to her right and i know it's kind of something that they explore later in the franchise but i just uh, i prefer yeah. and it's <laughs> scarier because anybody could walk by a house no, yeah it could have yeah. been anyone you know what i'm not michael myers brother so i got shit to worry yeah, about i'm fine <laughs> Woo, sweet yeah I uh, that's what I'm saying. I understand yeah. the difference from the first and the second one, but I do. I did enjoy him just fucking everybody up. <laughs> I was like, "You go. That's right. Stab another one." So you're rooting for him at this point. Yeah, I was like, "Go ahead, you go on." Because <laughs> you don't care about the characters. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't care about this cast. Kill them all. <laughs> as long as Lori is is alive, uh-huh. we're fine. And the ending that was the greatest shit in the world. I was like, this is, you should stop right there. It was a great that's finale. It. it was, yeah. yeah if they would have left it alone, Burning that would have been great. Sandman going on. Fucking thank you, dude. Mm-hmm. Yes. So for that, I have to give Halloween 2 on a scale from 1 to 10, the bloodiest eyes. I'm going to give Halloween 2 an 8.5 bloodiest eyes. Wow. I I just want to see him kill people. <laughs> I don't know why. I wasn't I, expecting I, that. I, no, I prefer to watch him kill people than Jason. And I'm sorry, people who like Jason, and there's nothing wrong with it, but me. No. No. I just, I would rather watch Michael Myers destroy a whole town. <laughs> and I just have a glass of wine, and I'm like, good for a him. Glass of wine. <laughs> a glass yeah. of wine. Nobody, nobody does it like him. No. no. Well, I mean, I think I already gave my whole spiel. Yeah. Um, it's it's fun. It's a really fun movie. Mm-hmm. If you don't look too close. Yeah. You know, but it, it doesn't have the same charm as the original. No, it doesn't. And you can kind of feel that this wasn't born out of love no. like the first one was. <laughs> but yeah, I don't we we don't need to talk about the wig. We don't need to talk about the sibling situation. <laughs> we don't need to go all through that again. But I came away to you with the with the same. Oh. Um on a scale from one to ten of the bloodiest eyes. Yeah. I also gave Halloween two seven point five. I was torn between a seven and a seven point five, but hearing John Paul talk about the kills and the, I mean, it was fun. It, it was, was no, we had, a, we had a blast. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not a bad movie. That the sibling thing, it just really yeah, fucks it, it up for it me. It is yeah. stupid. You didn't need to do that. <laughs> no, no. I, because you, I feel like it bothers me so much because it undermines the first one. Yeah. yeah. Like if, if I were to take that to heart, when I rewatch the first one, I'm watching it differently and I don't, it, it's not better. <laughs> like, no. It doesn't make the first Leave one better. her the final girl. Yeah. We don't yeah. need all the sibling shit. And this second movie plays fine. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's fine. I totally, yeah. I it's would, out the yeah, same. You don't need it that. It would probably be at least an eight for me, if not for that. Mm-hmm. Maybe an 8.5. Yeah, it's, but that hurts it too much for me. Yeah. It would definitely go up. Yeah. Like exponentially. But that's a huge fucking mistake. Like yeah, that's, it's it really is. bad. But I think one thing that we can agree, even though we love John Carpenter and Deborah Hill immensely, this film was not an abomination. No. (laughs) (laughs) Calm down. (laughs) Well, that's all from us at Podmortem. 
What would you rate Halloween to and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the Podmortem. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at TravisMWH, at Blood and Smoke, and at RealStreeter84. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special thank you to our Wendigo Getter patrons. And remember, if you have no knowledge of a situation, maybe it would be wise to trust the experts. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned until after the music. We want to give a very special thank you to all of our Wendigo Getter patrons. Hey! You love to hear it. <laughs> special thank you to Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Melanie Van Huston, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M., Jordan Nash, Kent and Allison O'Morton, Guy54, Lala Thomas, Travis and Nisa Hunter, Miguel Myers ATX, Mandy, Jennifer Perez, Pierre Lombard, Carissa, TJ Bronson, Gabrielle Trevino, Spooky Mom, Andy Teague, Applin Ontiveros, Karima Rhodes, Antonio Huerta, Kimberly Kleindienst, Will Brown, and Linda. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. That's right, folks. We thanked you six times. <laughs> <laughs> like Dr. Loomis. Uh, yeah. But, right, he, but right. he shot him. That's different. Right. We're thanking them. It's much better. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. <laughs>